0: And we are back with another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly stops for music, TV, movies, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us
1: for the Media Boat Podcast. Today is November the 12th, 2022. This is episode 357. Well, like the ring of that. 357 is a good number. Yep. Um, And yeah, we have all of that and more busy show today. Let's get it rolling. And
0: we always start... With the music section. And we start the music section with the weekend... No, not the weekend box office. The (laughs) Billboard. And we start the Billboard. Old Habits Die Hard. With the Hot 100. Yes. Yes. And once again, your number one song, Antihero by Taylor Swift. But Taylor was nice this week and let other people have the rest of the top five. Yes, other people... um, Gladly came and knocked her off the other remaining four spots. Um, What about the other remaining ten spots? So the rest of Midnight's is still
1: in the Hot 100 somewhere. Okay. Uh, I believe there are a couple more in the top ten.
0: But not in the top five. She
1: only has the number one song this week. Oh, oh, so sad. Only the number one song. Only the number
0: one song. Poor Taylor. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, poor Taylor at her new launch date. Her seventeen. so team added dates. Added dates and <laughs> five days in L.A. Yeah, we'll get there. Anyway. Anyways, At number two, Lift Me Up by Rihanna. Yes, Rihanna the of the Black Panther um, soundtrack release, which yes. was last week. Her grand Black- return to the top charts. Yep. Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out this week. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that next, next week. week. Um, at number three... Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Yep. Coming in at four. Bad Habits by Steve Lacey. Bad Habit. Singular. Bad Habits. (laughs) Bad Habit. Bad Habit. Yes, that is very Bad Habits. Yeah. and I have. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. And rounding out your top five, As It Was by Harry Styles. Uh, Yeah, As It Was Harry Styles. It seems like that's your
1: song of the year. If you're just looking at, uh, like, charting. Like, it's definitely
0: still there. Never going away. Just like something else in the Billboard 200, your albums chart. Yeah. Once again, at number one, Midnights by Taylor Swift. People continue to listen to Midnights. Yep. Uh, At two, It's Only Me by Lil Baby. Coming in at three, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Mm Boonie. At four, Revolver
1: by The Beatles. If this one confuses you, uh, it is important to know there was a super deluxe re-release of Revolver yes. uh, a couple weeks ago, so that is why it is returned to the top five. But it's always fun to see something um, from literally the 1960s appear <laughs> in the top five uh, records of the week. I did listen to uh, the remaster of Revolver. Um, Still, so, yeah, it sounds great. They did a lot of work, especially on uh, Eleanor Rigby. Sounds great in the new uh, the new master. Um Some of the pan problems that they had um, taking the mono tracks into stereo Mm -hmm. are gone thanks to some usage of the technology that Peter Jackson used in the documentary. They were able to re-piece together the master tracks in a different way based on that technology to make it sound even better in stereo. So I think it's the best the songs have ever sounded in stereo specifically because, again, uh, it was such a long time ago, the Beatles really only cared about the mono version of those because they th- thought at the time that would be what was the most heard versions of those songs. True in the 1960s. Not true anymore. Uh, yeah. But yeah, now um, it, finally we have a really, really, really good mono version of that album. Uh, Still so probably uh, probably my number two uh, Beatles record, Revolver. I think I'm maybe a little bit more of a rubber soul guy,
0: uh, but Revolver is very good. To get that into context, it's as if someone <laughs> is doesn't want to convert their... Current like digital to a <laughs> Dolby, Atmos, Atmos, Dolby Atmos. Yeah, Atmos
1: similar yes
0: because not everyone has a Dolby Atmos
1: exactly we're like you know decades out from Atmos being the standard yes if
0: ever honestly so in what was it sixty years from now yeah. we will see Midnight's <laughs> right midnight Super Deluxe Atmos. version re-release yes yeah. on the charting again it's never sounded this good <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. And rounding out your top five. And rounding your top five, as mentioned, James the double album by Murray Waller. Who was somehow
1: invited and prominently featured at the CMAs this week, by the way. There were a lot of cameras on them. I only watched five minutes of it. I watched five sl- uh, minutes of like the opening monologue between um, uh, the hosts, uh, Peyton Manning and Luke Bryan, just to see how the banter was. Yes. Very Terrible bantery. is the
0: answer. Very cringy banter.
1: <laughs> oh, it was that. awful. Uh, but yeah, I, and as soon as they could. They went right to Morgan Wallen in the audience. Yep. And I was like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> Come on, ball They're
0: playing to their audience. I guess so. It is country's biggest night. Yes. As they said multiple times. I guess we could talk about it. It's the CMAs. So it's music. Eh, I
1: didn't include it in the stories this week because if we reco- if we reported on every single music awards show, it would be the only thing we talked about.
0: Yeah. So I refuse <laughs> Just the one that matters. Yeah, just the one that matters. And even that's questionable. Lately. <laughs> yes, right. by, the, by the weekend standards. Yes. All right. Well, those yes. are your Billboard charts. Well, I did watch the CMAs. Um, yeah. Good Alan Jackson tribute. Sure. Um, very cheerful speech by Alan Jackson. Um, yeah. And once again, Luke Combs is the repeat entertainer of the year. Sure. Back to back, joining sure. multiple people. Or joining seven people who else who have won the award multiple times. Did Taylor ever win? I don't... uh, She might have won one. I feel like she might have won in the Fearless era. Yeah. But that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. (laughs) It's a whole era ago. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. If you didn't like any of those albums or the CMAs, we have new releases, including The Family by... Brockhampton. Uh, notable as Brockhampton
1: says that this is their final album. They will be breaking up uh, shortly here.
0: Casmi by Caitlin Rose. First album in a decade, I think. Uh, world Record by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yes, that Neil Young. Yes, and that Crazy Horse. <laughs> Black Girl Magic by Honey Dijon. Not mustard. Not the actual <laughs> not mustard, but no, a human. Yes. Uh, Get Rollin', dropping the G, by Nickelback. Yes, that Nickelback. Yep, they're back. The Ruby Cord, by Richard Dawson. Wait, not that, that Richard not, Dawson? not that Richard Not Dawson. that Richard Dawson. <laughs> 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 Profound Mysteries 3, by <laughs> Royksop. And uh, lastly, <laughs> And in the Darkness, Hearts Aglow, by Wee Blood. Wait, Ways blood? I ways. actually don't know. Ways? Ways. Wise? Why? Why? Wise? Oh, is it Wise? Is it wise blood? blood with
1: the I's with the W? I don't know. I've only heard her uh, or seen her name written. I've never heard it said. So I have no idea, actually. We'll uh, <laughs> ask her.
0: Uh, or like do some research. <laughs> do some re- research.
1: Research! Research podcast never. That? Research,
0: no. <laughs> never. We've never done that. Why would we start now? No. <laughs> Hey, let's get some music news, and uh, last Saturday was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, it was. Uh, We didn't talk about it last week, uh, but... uh, We had already announced who was... who who was was getting inducted, so... uh, But yeah, It was just the actual ceremony. Um, If you want to watch the actual ceremony, it'll be on HBO and HBO Max in December. Yes. Yeah, I think first week of December, not November. I believe so. Of uh, everyone who was billed to perform, there's one person who will not be sure. Yeah, or, yeah we didn't. Yes. Uh, Linus Morissette has come forward to explain that encountering sexism was, co- was what caused her to drop out of a performance at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony Saturday night, where she was to have performed a duet with Olivia Rodrigo of the classic hit You're So Vain as part of a tribute to inductee Carly Simon. Morissette did participate in rehearsals on Friday before taking her leave. In a post to her Instagram Live account, uh, Morissette left some mystery as to precisely what soured her so much during those rehearsals. Soured. Huh. Olivia well,
1: Rodrigo yeah, was mentioned. So.
0: Yes, as <laughs> soured. Wait, isn't that why she... Not <laughs> um, you know, you lost me. What soured her so, <laughs> so much. much? Yes, during those uh, rehearsals as <laughs> to have her exiting the show seemingly at the last minute yeah. after being listed um, on the, all the in-house scheduling. But Morissette uh, strongly indicated that whatever she encountered while she was still on site brought up long, simmering feelings about an overarching anti-woman sentiment in the industry. And she seemed to place the blame at the foot of the telecast production team, suggesting that whatever she experienced there stood in contrast to countless incredible experiences with production teams with all genders throughout her life.
1: Yeah, this is one of those stories that happens a lot. And seems to continue happening, where it's like you have an artist um, say, like, hey, I just wasn't going to take how they were treating me. Um, Without going into specifics, she does kind of leave, like, a question here about whether other uh, people, specifically the women that were involved in this production, also felt this way. Um, Although there weren't that many other women performing... Well, it might not be anything that was also directed towards her, but probably that she heard directed towards other people. It could have even been towards Olivia Rodrigo, for all we know. It could have just been, you know, something really uh, rubbed her the wrong way, and she just decided that it wasn't worth it. And like, yeah, um, this is a problem. It's always been a problem. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's good to see Alanis pointing it out as she has her entire career. Uh, when it does happen, so that way maybe they'll take this to heart, and maybe the people
0: who produce produce this show will think about like, well, what did we do? Conversely, maybe she did bring it up, and they weren't going to do anything right. about it because it was so yeah, close to the actual like performance. Yeah, and it, it's it's especially interesting though because that was a great uh,
1: performance to watch, and also, um, I mean, yeah, like like also it's kind of fitting in a weird way because. Carly Simon is an example of one of the earliest female artists kind of getting that message out there, Mm -hmm. writing songs about hey, there is a double standard. Like, I'm going to write songs specifically about my experience with men and how men have treated me. It was novel in the 1960s, and yet we're still dealing with the same problems today. It's unfortunate, and this is a weird, this is a good reminder that this
0: never went away. Well, it's okay. There's a lot of things that happened in the 1960s (laughs) that keep rearing their heads up in (laughs) today's world. You're telling me. That still seemingly we thought would go away, and yet didn't. And yet didn't. Anyway. Anyways, there was no election on Tuesday. Hope everybody voted on Tuesday. (laughs)
1: Hey, it seemed to go pretty well here in California. Uh, It seems like good news all over the place, unless you like um, fruit-flavored vape, but hey. You do you. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> not for me. Either. <laughs> but somebody out there is really pissed. Like, I love raspberry. Anyways. Uh, anyways. everything else seemed like be uh, pretty, pretty well. Well, except for I, uh, I wanted that uh, uh, the the clean air stuff for cars thing to pass. I don't care if Lyft was paying for it. It still sounded like a good deal to me, and it did not pass. But mm-hmm. Suck it! But also, most importantly. Online oh, gambling. Suck it online gambling. <laughs> Take that shit elsewhere. <laughs> California wants none of it.
0: No no, they they want a bigger percentage. and yeah, no draft kings. Only a only eight pennies. Ugh, gross a penny to the dollar. And he said no to both of those things. Yes. Yeah. Alright, let's move on. You done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Alright. That was political corner over there. Political <laughs> corner. Alright. Pulling it back into music, uh we've We'll cross over with the movie section. Yeah,
1: I noticed you had another... I didn't realize until after I pasted this that you had a different
0: music documentary uh, in the movie section. Well, what I have is not a documentary. It's Uh, an actual production. This, however, is a feature documentary. Documentary, yes. Yes. On the life and career of Ecuadorian American pop singer. This is where you take your five seconds to guess who I'm talking about. Yeah. And you're wrong. It is Christina Aguilera. (laughs) Christina Aguilera, Yes. Yes. Uh, her or she has been in partnership with Time Studios, Rock Nation, and director Ting Poo. Ting Poo. Yep, the film will focus on Aguilera's life story, spotlighting pieces from her personal archives. Rare footage will showcase the singer's early days as a preteen Disney star to her current status as an international artist. Quote, offering a portrait of the artist, mother, and entertainer as she reflects on her multi-decade career fighting for creative freedom and gender equality. The announcement also makes note that production for the film has quietly been documenting Aguilera's life for the past 18 months through various travels, performances, and other life events. So yeah,
1: if this sounds familiar, it's
0: because as we mentioned last year,
1: uh, we're currently in the middle of kind of what's a, a music documentary renaissance of sorts, or golden era, where we're getting all sorts of stories, especially from women in the music industry, of, you know, where they started, what they're doing now, kind of delving into their inner struggles, kind of like what they've had to deal with. And I think Christina Aguilera is a perfect uh, choice to kind of delve into, because it's kind of like right in the middle of the Britney Spears stuff we've kind of been uncovering the last few years, and also these document more recent documentaries about these younger artists, like Taylor Swift, uh, and what I'm to talk about later, Selena Gomez. Yep. And so it's really interesting to have Christina because I think she could be a fascinating figure because she had a similar kind of uh, start to her career where she had, you, you can talk about that kind of Disney era, her huge like Br- Britney Spears rivalry era mm-hmm. into kind of her more solo diva era and into being basically a TV co host for a stint there. And then, yeah, and it's a, it really a fascinating when you consider what is she doing now? Like, it's a, yeah. it's a valid question. And so, yeah, I think she'll be a fascinating subject for a documentary like this.
0: As we going on for the past 18 months, so it's going to be up to current right. as well. It's not just a documentary on her past life, the untold stories of documentary. Right. Of, untold stories of documentary. Untold stories yes. of Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, uh, yeah, this could be cool. Um, so, I'm
1: glad. Uh, this is a good pick for this one, I think. Yeah. Well, she's doing it herself, too. Right, I she Hey, why not?
0: Yeah, why
1: not? Also, i never heard of Ting Poo, but it's all I
0: want to say now. Ting Poo. Yeah, I saw you put that out there. I was like, okay. Ting yeah, Poo. Sure. So we're doing that now.
1: Director Ting Poo.
0: Yes. All right, did you listen to anything besides Midnight's?
1: Uh no. Uh, another slow week uh, for me, music-wise. I even looked at the new releases yesterday. I was like, I don't want to listen to any of this. Yep. So I'm, I, I'm still looking, but uh, not much going on. Yep, same. I just went back to Midnight's again. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna talk about that at the end of the year. we definitely—it's going to end up somewhere on my list. Yes, it will. It <laughs> might end up on both of our lists, but Who we'll get say? there.
0: Who can say? All right, so let's get into yes. the video games because though. you are raring to
1: go for this segment, I'm sure. Oh, at the end though. Yes. So let's yes. get
0: right through it. Yes. Starting with new releases. Yes. And uh, we start with Pentiment. For yes. Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. That is the Obsidian-developed
1: RPG that looks like a illuminated manuscript from medieval times. Remember when they showed this at um, Was that at Summer Games Fest this year? I think. Uh, it's basically. Oh, looks, it's a scroll. Yeah, this is that like yeah, an illuminated manuscript like in like in your medieval course and yes, uh, junior high history. Yeah, yes, where it's like scroll it's a like, that timeline. thing with RPG elements and heavy um, heavy text. Okay. I've seen a lot of comparisons to Disco Elysium, a game that will come, out, uh, come up later in this podcast. Um, but yes, um, it seems like neat, and it's, uh, it seems like it might be neat for RPG fans, and it is on Game Pass.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Somerville for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Your wide release of Call of Duty war Warzone two Yes. For everything but the switch. Yes, new uh revamp of Warzone that will be attached to Modern Warfare
1: two. Yep. Uh so I believe you will have this already if you bought a copy of Modern Warfare two,
0: but it will also be sold
1: separately, I believe, just like the first time.
0: Yes. Uh also GOAT Simulator for everything but the switch. Uh isn't this GOAT Simulator three? I don't know if they're putting a number on this because i think it might just be a reap they're hitting reset on the franchise i actually am not sure all right uh we also have the dark pictures anthology called the devil in me yep for everything but the switch
1: another dark pictures game in the anthology that um, the supermassive team i believe uh, the uh, until dawn the quarry people have been working on so if you've been
0: waiting for another episode of that here it is and lastly, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales yes. for the PC. Yes, so you get all those PC mods. Yes,
1: Spider-Man. Uh, them back up again. Spider-Man PC uh, came out last year. This is now the Miles Morales game that came out on PS5 at launch. Mm-hmm. Now coming to PC as well. But everything got out because there's one big release this week.
0: Oh no, that was it. No, no, yeah, because that's all the games that are coming out. No. Yes, because what's what we have left to talk about is an event. <laughs> yes, it is it's an event yes it's huge it tr- tramples all other games yeah coming in its week uh talk about pokemon scarlet and violet for the switch yep officially everyone's gonna get their hands on it yeah generation nine is here yep uh so yeah scarlet violet we
1: will be definitely taking a look at or i will be at least taking a look at this next week yes uh so i'll be able to talk about it on saturday uh, when we record the next podcast I will hopefully be uh, getting my hands on this on Friday. So yeah, um, excited to try it. Uh, early footage looks good. I like the open world stuff they're trying, um, and yeah, it sounds like it's really open ended and has a lot of options for how you complete it.
0: Isn't it weird that like RCS came out earlier this year? Yeah, and now we have I know. Scarlet
1: Violet. That was weird when they announced that that was going to be the case. When yes. they said last year, it's like, oh yeah, RCS in January, and then proper next gen in. November, everybody was like, "Really, really? You're gonna do both?" But I think it's smart because at this point, I feel like nobody is really talking
0: about Arceus anymore. Yeah, but I think everyone who like played Arceus now has a better understanding of what's getting into Scarlet and Violet. It was their tech demo. Yeah, as we mentioned when well, it was released. Yes and no. Okay, well, it was more, more than a tech demo. It was here's what we're an what experiment. We to know. Yeah. I would say it was an experiment because it
1: looks like some of the stuff that they experimented with in Arceus was returning here, but for the most part, they're going back to proper Pokemon construction for how most of the battle system works. Unless that's, if you want to keep doing the battle system, there's a treasure hunt in there too. Yeah, it, there's all sorts of things. And so it'll be really interesting to finally actually play it because I want to see how these concepts are introduced and exactly what the, like, the flow of combat is. Because we've only, you can only glean so much from trailers.
0: They've had a lot of trailers. Yes.
1: But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting getting hands-on with this thing.
0: Yep, that is for next week. Yeah, it's next week. Oh, yeah,
1: by the way, if you care, I'll be playing Scarlet version. (laughs) Anyways. I mean, some of us do care. (laughs) I'm getting Scarlet, and Christy uh, is on Violet. All right. Just for your reference. Just for my reference. Yes. Okay.
0: Anyway. Anyways, uh, let's get into some gaming news. Game Bits. That's the Game Bits. There was so much happening this week,
1: I had to fit in some Bits.
0: The Bits. The Bits. Yes. The Bits. Bits. All right. And we start with Remedy. Yes. They have finally confirmed Control 2 is in development and will be published by 505 Games. Anybody who's like, wait a minute, didn't they already
1: make this official? Yes, technically. They said last year that they were indeed developing a sequel to Control. Now we know it is, at least tentatively, called Control 2. Mm -hmm. And 505 will be returning to publish just like they did the first one. Yes. Um, seems like good news. Uh, people love Control. That's one game that I've tried to start twice and haven't gotten past, like, ten minutes in. I need to someday just sit down and play through Control. I'm to figure
0: out which part you would get stumped. By. It wasn't even
1: st- that I got stumped. It's just that, like, something came up and I stopped playing it and I oh, never okay. went back to it. Uh, I have
0: access to it
1: in a couple of way- ways now. Yes. and I just never actually did it. But yes, uh...
0: Control two, exciting for people who like that first game. Yeah, because I finished control. It is like you said, it is one of those games where like, oh yeah, I should go back to that and like go back and play and unlock everything. Yeah. But there's just something always something else that comes up and it's like, Yeah, yeah not not high on my priority list. Yeah, and I didn't I have
1: to say though, I didn't love how the combat felt when I first started playing it. I was mm-hmm. like, this is kinda of floaty.
0: There's a lot of floaty physics, there's a lot of yeah. shooting physics. I love that. So if you're not Good in, like, combining both your floaty and shooting physics. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <it's laughs> You're going to a... have a difficult time. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, uh, other bit news. We have Doom and Doom Eternal composer Mick Gordon claims uh, the director falsely blamed him for the game's failed soundtrack. As he goes <laughs> on to write a novel site <laughs> account of the events.
1: Oof, so this was a big one this week. Um, yeah. Basically, that's the story. Uh, a lot of people love the soundtrack that Mick Gordon made for the Doom reboot and Doom Eternal, its sequel. Very fast-ass, hard, metal, uh, exactly the kind of thing you want in Doom. But apparently, uh, under the, like, under all of that, uh, was some, uh, a series of mistreatments, I guess, that he was having with the team. And, yeah, he never felt like his work was treasured, uh, like it should have been. And then, yeah, when the fans complained that the soundtrack for Doom Eternal sucked, uh, upon its release, uh, he was basically the one that the studio was like well it's, it's his fault now he finally wrote this huge thing that people think is as big as it is and long it is and detailed it is because he wants to have that prep just in case this goes to court mm-hmm. in case he needs to sue them for this um that he has basically he, he and a lawyer probably sat down and wrote everything down so yeah you can read this uh yeah. if you really want to <laughs> i have not attempted but you can read his entire account of exactly what he believes happened through all of this and why he thinks he was wrong.
0: And why, like, the fans, like, turn on the soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, more or less,
1: and why why he thinks that that's not his fault.
0: Right. I mean, he is the composer. Well, there's more complicated things, I'm sure. Uh, so. I'm sure there is, because there's always a suspicion when dealing with companies. Oof. Yeah, speaking of complicated things happening with companies, this one's a, this one's brutal. Oh, yeah. to developers of Disco Elysium claim that they were pushed out due to financial conflict with the company's owners, while the company's owners claim that they were let go due to misconduct. All right, so these are two opposite, opposing
1: claims that are coming at the exact same time about Disco Elysium. So, thing you need to know for context about the story. Disco Elysium's developer is, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Zaum, it's like Z-A slash U-M. They were founded as like essentially like a co-op, a community-owned company. Like There was originally no one at the top of that company. After Disco Elysium became a success, a couple of people came in and basically bought the company and became new owners.
0: Those are the owners
1: that we're referring to in this story. So apparently shortly after this, um, they pressured, this is according to a statement on Medium that the developers made, these two head developers that were ousted, uh, which unfortunately I don't have the names of right now off the top of my head. Uh, but they basically claimed that these new owners were pressuring them to make a sequel, a direct sequel to Disco, Disco Elysium, mm-hmm. instead of a more passion project new game that they wanted to make. And they are claiming that that kind of back and forth tension was what led to eventually what their ouster at the company, that, that, that the owners were upset that the leadership was not on board with their idea of going straight into
0: Disco Elysium 2. However... Oh no, the people who (laughs) bought the company wanted to make a sequel. Right. And like, I get it from a creative uh, point of
1: view, especially a creative uh, point of view where you had established that this company was going to be a collective thing. Mm -hmm. To have somebody come in and say, no, you're doing this now, is kind of opposing to that collective ideology and how you ran that company. So I I could get why that would brush you and would like annoy you and be like all right well i'm not doing it i'm going to yell at them about it so on the other side of this um the owners are counterclaiming here that regardless of whether that is all true they wouldn't necessarily say if that was true or not but it probably is mm-hmm. um they said that they were also the owners that they they fired them because they were also propagating a uh like a like bad vibes in the studio basically like uh, Treating treat, mistreating people under them, and were like uh, accusing them basically of misconduct and their leadership roles, and basically that was the reason why they fired them. It had nothing to do with the direction that the company was going on making a sequel or not. So depends on who you ask. Basically, what's happening, what happened at Zaum, and this really brings into question about the future of that company. Will they make a sequel to Disco Elysium now that the, the, the hairs and the soup are gone? You know, like lo- now you got the people who were like fighting at the most ousted? Or is this true that there maybe needs to be an investigation about what they did while their time, while they were there at the company? I feel like this is yet another example of a, of a one party said and the other party said thing, similar to that voice acting thing we had with uh, Bayonetta 3 the last couple of weeks. Where we definitely, if you weren't there, there's really no way of knowing. We don't know exactly who's at fault here.
0: uh, More information came out from there.
1: That's true. We got a better picture eventually of that. I don't know if we're going to get a better picture here. Because I imagine there's only so much that these people can say without having this go to litigation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, yeah, if they did file for wrongful termination, which they could, it sounds like. Especially if there is a discrepancy about why. This could go to court. We could see. Um, so I imagine we won't find out a whole lot more about this until, if it does, unless it does
0: go to court. Right, but yeah. the the one thing about it is that when you get bought up by a company, yeah, people at the top make the decisions. Yes and no though, right? Because they should have yeah, known, known what they were
1: buying when they bought it, right? Yeah. They should have known you that these were like they were a passionate bunch of people who had a very specific thing that they wanted to make, mm-hmm. and they made it. And yes, it did resonate with fans. That sold really well. You don't necessarily want to come in and be like, sorry, you're doing this immediately again. Like, maybe that's not what they wanted to do. I saw another podcast yeah, I listened to. Yeah, then they can, like,
0: leave the company.
1: Yeah. Another podcast I listened to suggested that this has some parallels to the Gone sorry, Home team. As soon as you buy something, it's a business. Yes, Yes and no, though. Like, there's different kinds of ways to run a business. Yes. um, And that's not necessarily what they're running their business to do. Make a profit.
0: Maybe not. Make a sequel.
1: Like, they wanted to make a project that they were proud of, and they did that. And they wanted to make a different project that they were proud of. That You know what? Even if it didn't say uh, Disco Elysium on the name, it probably still would have done well. Because that's the thing about video games. Is that people who are hardcore about video games and care are more likely to follow a developer and people who make the games than a fan of a movie is because they're different animals. It's the same thing of like, oh, this TV show was created by this name that I really like. Oh, they're doing this other thing now. I'm going to follow them. They're not necessarily Mm -hmm. following it because, oh, it's the sequel, direct sequel to a series (laughs) they
0: liked. That's not how television works. That's not how video games what? work either. You mean Blockbuster isn't a direct sequel to Superstore? You <laughs> no. know, it has the same writer? Might as well
1: be, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that video games is a unique enough thing that I don't know if it matters as much as these companies like to believe if there's a fact two on the box or not. Well, in this case, it's a digital product. There is no box, but you know I Yes, I know
0: what you mean.
1: Uh, but, yeah, so... On the header. Know. We'll probably not know uh, more details about this, but it's a... Interesting story, but ultimately the losers here are the people who liked Disco Elysium, because this means it's going to be a long time before you get something else in that universe, or get something by the same people, because if now ever, that studio looks like it's not the same as it was.
0: If ever. Yeah, if ever. it becomes an IP issue. Yeah, so we'll see. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Moving on to other news, EA, speaking of things that may have ended, yes. has officially ended the Project Cars series. Yeah, I don't think people are that
1: surprised by this, considering that when they bought Codemasters, Codemasters had a lot of different car franchises under them, mm-hmm. and ultimately EA wants everybody to work on Need for Speed, so they were going to eventually shut them all down. Of course. So, yeah, slowly we're probably going to see each of those individual racing franchises
0: disappear. Yep. Um, Nintendo has established a joint venture with mobile company DNA, that is yes. de capital N-A.
1: And in case you're probably thinking like, wait a minute, didn't this already happen? You're half right. So they've already been working with DNA on their mobile products. Mm -hmm. They are the co-developer of games such as Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Mario Kart uh, Tour, Um, pretty much anything, that Fire Emblem thing, anything that Nintendo's put out, Super Mario Run, on mobile has been a DNA thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is different. This is then going to the next step and actually making a new company that that is co-owned a joint venture between the two companies, that will, I will probably going forward be the company you see the logo of when you start up a Nintendo mobile game.
0: Okay.
1: So that's what they're doing now. Just make it streamlined, I guess, on
0: their part. So it's going to be DNA by Nintendo?
1: Something. I don't know if they add a name for it or
0: not. Um, I did not see that in the story, but yeah. Or just the DNA logo, then the N turns red for <laughs> I mean, Nintendo. That may be. <laughs> Who knows? All right um we also have according to market materials uh, marketing materials final fantasy 16 will be a ps5 exclusive for for six months so yeah this is a, a asterisk uh, after we knew for a while now
1: that there was going to be a launch exclusive for ps5 mm-hmm. now they more or less concluded that that's just a marketing move and it will go beyond everything else after six months so, yeah, you'll be able to play it first on PS5, but yes, it will eventually come out on Series X
0: and, I presume, PC. Yes, it will be. So, yeah. No surprises yeah, there. Yeah, six-month exclusivity window. Yeah. Um, so, in doing so, you won't probably won't get any best-selling games out of it. But... Unlike Kirby in the Forgotten Land, which is now the best-selling Kirby game. Yeah, ever. Uh, in the franchise
1: history, so, goes to show you... Nintendo is learning very quickly. If you put anything on the Switch, it will become the best-selling version of that thing. Yes. Happened with Zelda already. It happened with Mario Kart.
0: And it happened now with Kirby. It
1: also happened with
0: Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yes. And it's now Japan's best-selling game of all time.
1: Yes, of all time. So that means two Switch records happened this year in Japan. We already have the day one sales record with Splatoon, Splatoon 3's 3 launch. Yep. And now we have an all-time best-selling game with Animal Crossing New Horizons. That's insane considering that uh, how it well... It came out two years ago? How, this is especially consi- while considering how well Nintendo games sell in Japan, period. Like mm-hmm. So this is saying this outdid Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros., and Pokemon games in Japan. Yep. If you're outdoing Pokemon games in Japan, you're doing extremely well. It outdid <laughs> uh, the Monster Hunter games, yeah. the Xeno Chronicle games. Wild! So yeah, uh, your new king, Animal Crossing New
0: Horizons. Uh... Your crown is in the mail? Yes. Visit <laughs> it the Sanuki store? Yeah, exactly. It's waiting for you at Tom Nook's <laughs> store. It's, it's waiting Nook's for cranny. you. Nook's cranny. Yes. you just got to buy it with a bunch of pearls. Yeah, uh, bells. <laughs> bells. 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 Bells bells, pearls. bells.
1: The, the currency.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and lastly, in gaming bits here, you have that Marvel Snap. Yes. Season 2 is officially up.
1: And do you
0: have uh, things to say about that
1: before we go into your big video game thought? Uh, have yeah. you messed
0: around with the Season 2 stuff yet? Yeah. Um, Technically not Season 2. What do you mean technically not season two? Uh, because when I started playing it, it went through a season of, <laughs> um, I oh Nick Fury first. Oh, okay. And then it went into, uh, season one. Well, yes. Technically, the launch is Spider-Man, and now season two is... Black Panther. Black Panther. Well, okay, for people who weren't in the beta, though, yes. this is a season two proper. Yeah, season two proper. Uh, lots of new people, lots of new combos, um... I sent you my snapshots. Oh yeah, you've broken the game. You've straight up broken the game. You had four digit numbers in a single pl- in a single like base. So yeah, like, I sent you one that had uh, over nine thousand at a single base, and I sent you one that had four digits at all three locations. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, you've
1: just completely broken Marvel Snap. You're the person that everybody hates to face now. Everybody looks at this guy and like, oh, I'm gonna lose now. You have a lot of people bail
0: on bail on your matches and just like get out? Um not a whole lot. Okay. Uh, I mean some do, yeah. Which uh, But I like immediately like the name, like, okay, bail. Does anybody ever snap against you? <laughs> uh, surprisingly no.
1: <laughs> I'm getting a lot less snaps. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> it's like well I'm coming I'm gonna lose this, so I don't wanna lose too much. Well, congratulations for being way too overpowered in Marvel Snap. But speaking of well, overpowered... Well, I tinkered my
0: deck, and I kind of forgot what yeah. I did, so speaking of, <laughs> I don't have it anymore. <laughs> well, there you go. I gotta retinker it again.
1: Speaking of overpowered, though, of all the possible video game characters who you can think of, when I think of the term overpowered, I definitely think of the guy from God of
0: War. You mean the guy who kills gods? Yeah, I mean, you How can't really get can much more beat? powerful than that. Than actually killing a god in a video game? Or so, just yeah deities in general right deities in general so you've been talking about god of war ragnarok yes, which the is why to... pokemon trainer is the most powerful because yes. he captures god in a little mechanical ball i mean yes but outside
1: of the trainer in arceus <laughs> um yes god of war ragnarok the sequel to the 2018 reboot of god of war yes a game that you liked so much it was your number one game that year game I uh, liked so much, I went and got the... Yes, that. That, the so Yotner that. edition. Not only that, but you've been talking about this sequel basically since it was announced, and basically assuming that this is going to be your game of the year, you already established that this is going to be your favorite game. Like, all right, it's
0: here. I, mean, I established it, like, last yeah. year when you said, what are you looking forward to next year? Right, God Game of, War. of the year, God of War. So, you've now sat down with it for a little bit here. You've played a lot of it. How is God of War Ragnarok? It... Feels like an epic. Um, so, when they announced that God of War Ragnarok was going to be the end of God of, of the God of War series right. in Norse mythology, right. um, that they basically came out and said, we're not going to do a trilogy. It takes too much time to do a trilogy. It took them four years to do God of War to 2018, and then another four years to do God of War Ragnarok. So, in order to do another four years of another God of War game yeah. to end a trilogy... The game would come out in 2026. It would be on a new console probably by then. Yeah. i would yeah. be over 10 years on one trilogy, and they didn't want to divest that all that time into it. Right. So instead, they took what was God of War 2018 and then wrapped it up here in Ragnarok. Now, that's not to say that I completed the game. I have not completed the game yet. <laughs> no, it seems pretty about a quarter long. of the game in. I only say that based on like what's happening. sure. But they do bring back one of my favorite things that I loved about 2018 yeah. is the single take, the long take, yes. the zero cuts, the moving of the camera. I loved it in 2018. I loved it. I'm going to love it here in 2022. I still love it. It's great. It's fun how they manipulate everything because unlike uh, the 2018 game, Ragnarok technically doesn't take place over a day or a weekend this takes place over a week over several days so how they're able to manipulate that while still maintaining the single long take (laughs) yeah is fascinating on a story level on a story written basis um so as the name implies ragnarok end of the world you're gonna face odin you're gonna face thor that's not um, right. any shocking surprise. That's kind of the given. Yeah. And also, uh,
1: depending on how much you know about the end of the uh, first God of War, you also know that your son uh, is
0: going to take pl- have a big part in this. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I guess it's no longer a spoiler. You can because... probably
1: do for, spoilers for the God of War first game because I feel like in order to play this one, you need to
0: know about this. Oh, they definitely go yeah. into like, the first ten minutes that you start this game of your uh, boy. Yes. Not being just any boy. Atreus. Atreus, yes. Boy, Atreus, son, is uh, none other than Loki in Norse mythology of the Frost Giants. So what this game does is it's building towards Ragnarok. It's Loki building towards Ragnarok. Kind of a forcing of the hand of everyone around him that because he's more curious about his nature and his name and what the Frost Giants of Jotunheim want for him, or like the predictions and seeing in the future that he is on the path to fulfill the destiny. And that's where the game gets interesting and that's where a lot of the major theme of this game is, Right. which unlike 2018, which was a father-son, a father-son both mourning the loss of their mother and wife, and how they can build a bond and Basically, start new, start fresh, and have that father son bonding experience of spreading the mother's ashes. Right. What twenty? What Ragnarok is, is fighting the destiny. Is because everything is laid out in a in, yeah, prophecy. Let's just say it's a prophecy. Um, can you change that prophecy? Can you deviate from it? Can you do everything in your power to not make that prophecy happen?
1: right it's an interesting Spoilers, you can't yeah i mean that's the thing is like it's an interesting way to take a character who like we had said uh has a history of violence and hardcore violence and has always used violence as the first thing so now he's faced though as a family man now he has a son he's in a different like he's in a different uh situ context that he used to be now he's facing down the barrel of inevitable violence
0: That will ruin everything. It's not just the inevitable violence. It's the Kratos God of War original games, original trilogy, was the general, was the God of War, was felt in and thrived in the bloodshed. Right. Was the general who became the God of War. Now, 2018, he's the father, he's a matured man, he's a changed man. He knows what it takes to go up against right. actual gods yeah. Yeah. and what it takes to defeat them. And he doesn't want that for his son. No, because he's been there and he is, he's
1: learned from that. And, he's, uh, and so, yeah, it's an interesting place to take it. It's that classic uh, screenwriting trick, right, or writing trick in general, which is what... You have a character. What is the absolute worst situation for that character to be in? And, and in this case,
0: it's his son
1: following in his in his exactly. own footsteps. Exactly. It's 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 taking the end of where you left off of that and being like, okay, well, this is who Kratos is now. What would be the worst thing for Kratos to face now? And yeah, you're right. Is is that his son wants to do something that he doesn't agree with,
0: but it's gonna happen no matter what he needs, what what the, what they do. But that's kind of what happens in them. the gap between the games. Yeah. Is that. Uh, Kratos is preparing Loki Atreus to face gods to survive not to win the war. But he doesn't see it as that. Yeah, he he sees it as no, this is what my destiny is. I'm part of this. This has to happen. I'm coming to basically instill Ragnarok and end Asgard as it is. As foretold, I am following this destiny. But then you have Tyr the actual god of war from Norse mythology, <laughs> who doesn't want war, right? Which you know kind of conflicts with being a god of war. <laughs> that he's, but being a god of war doesn't mean you go to war. Being a god of war means that people will fight, and you, I mean, technically you have to choose a side, but also you don't have to choose a side. And that's what a lot of this like little nuance goes into, as Loki. Atreus, now um, like within the first like third of the game, he's represented with two fathers, both gods of war. (laughs) One, his father, who's been training him, who has him from his Spartan side, and another one from the Frost Giants, who's god of war of the Aesirs, who was the other half of Atreus and Loki. So now he has these two different essential (laughs) father figures. My two dads. It's my two dads. <laughs> These two father figures, who both have differing views of how to handle Ragnarok, mm-hmm. being influenced into uh, Atreus Loki. Now, that's not to say that he's the main character in this. Right. Because technically, um, it's still Kratos'
1: dad yeah, of war over here. It puts Kratos in an interesting... It makes Kratos an interesting choice for protagonists, right? Because... He is way more passive this time. He has mm-hmm. to be, almost, because the story's not necessarily about him. He's reacting to the story, in a yes. way.
0: And he's your vehicle to, like, hit all these story beats. He even calls it out in the game that <laughs> I'm going on this journey for you. I'm spending this time with you. I'm going... I am following your yeah. journey blindly because you are taking the lead on this. So, that's a perfect
1: segue into we should probably start actually talking about the game because sure. it's very interesting and i think very telling that you and pretty much everybody i've heard talk about this game they always leave the story stuff because that's the one thing like not the one thing but that seems to be the thing that most affected people about that first game right mm-hmm. it's like yeah sure there was a game there but it was more about like the way that they presented the narrative the story they were telling And how it made you actually care about Kratos, which is not something that a lot of people did in the original trilogy. Right, they just took him as a bloodbath monster Right, And like, yeah, and like, it just... uh, So, does the change in narrative focus here, taking it away from Kratos and taking it to these side characters, does that affect the actual gameplay? Does it feel different than the first one? So,
0: I played the game wrong. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So, as I mentioned last week, I was going through 2018 on New Game Plus. Right. In doing so, I was doing everything on maxed out armor, maxed out everything. Um, Not necessarily, like, worrying about completing certain tasks or not. Right. So, much to my chagrin, when I start (laughs) up this game, it's like, oh, yeah, they make you start over at zero. Yeah. I'm... I don't have everything. <laughs> you almost, I almost said last week. It's
1: like I don't know if it's a good idea to play <laughs> all of the first one and then go back into this new one because you're going to have to reset. But I didn't say that because I was like, surely he knows that, right? I'm going to—I don't want
0: to tell him, so if he already knows, well, <laughs> here we are. Well, I didn't like play the full game. I just made sure, it out of the main story, a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, still so, like I went through a lot of it, and then it's like, oh yeah, like when you go to open up all these random chests, it's like, oh no, like there's actual stuff in there to help buff you up. Yeah. Which you know goes to my like innate nature of check every corner every find everything which game plays into I, I heard some people say that there's actually
1: dialogue where it's like oh yeah that's just what my dad does he has to check every place for treasure chests I'm like okay that's cute
0: yeah that's a cute thing it is because uh, that's uh, <laughs> right after they uh, meet with tear and then like you go like like come on go this way it's like you going the wrong way, way. <laughs> he's like why is he going that way he's like oh f- to find loot." He likes loot. <laughs> it's true, he does. Yes. <laughs>
1: like, but um, so yeah, so like the change in perspective does it make Kratos feel like a like not as like like much of the focal point? Like when you're even though you're playing as him, is that there a little bit of
0: tension there between what the story is telling you and the actual gameplay? Uh, the story is, I mean, a little bit because, like, the story is not Kratos' story. It's not the mourning of a father over his wife, and now he has to um, console his son. Right. And he doesn't know how. Right. That's what 2018 was. Yeah. This is... I know where this is going to lead, because he saw, and we saw at the end of 2018, that he is meant to die during Ragnarok. Yeah. So, how do you come to terms with your own <laughs> fate mortality... Right. ...for a... Let me see. This one. Two, three, <laughs> fourth, fifth time. Yeah, too many times. Like canati- canonically, <laughs> yeah. like five times you've been to Hell and back, not including the PSP game. <laughs> I think that doesn't include the PSP okay. game. <laughs> anyway, yeah, So you got to Hell and back like several times already, and now for some reason, like death actually means something to you now. Well, because because yeah, video that... games changed, and now they have to the stakes have to be higher. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's not like you can go to hell and then right. back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Save it for Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Um, so, how is the actual uh, gameplay here? So, the combat seems to be pretty similar to the first
0: game. Yes. A lot, lot more verticality, a lot yeah. more running around, a yeah. lot more bringing enemies closer to I me. Mean, you start off with both the axes. Yeah, you get the, the chains blades. really early now. Yeah, you just start off right with them. And one of the new grappling maneuvers that you do is. You grapple up buildings, but also you grapple enemies to bring them yeah. towards you or to go towards them. Are you still having fun with that, or do
1: you I think am. it's getting a little stale? Because I see a lot of people say it's like, because of how much more interesting the story is as opposed to the combat, that the combat wears thin after a certain amount of hours.
0: Uh, the combat may wear thin because people aren't doing the actual challenges for it.
1: I see, okay. So, so the incentive the, you to try everything. Yes,
0: yeah, part of the skill tree, the added skill tree, is that if you unlock something, you can increase its power the more you do something. Yeah. Uh, we've seen this in other games. This isn't a new thing. It's common. But what they do is that they add challenges to it so that way you wanna do it. You wanna do it. Uh, you wanna like get gold level everywhere. So when by the time I get to end game, anything I do is gonna be gold level with plus perks. So that's kind of like where I'm at right now is oh I unlocked this thing. Let me just spam this (laughs) fifty times. How is
1: all the unlocks and uh, tech like tech trees and all that stuff? Is it maybe a little much, especially after coming after um, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, another game where it was a little much? Um,
0: it can feel <laughs> a little much, but they split it up to okay. where both where Atreus and um, Kratos don't have the same pool of XP. Kratos has his own XP, Atreus has his own XP, and they get a little notification of like how much XP they each gained after S- each battle. Seems like a lot
1: to keep track of.
0: No, but they keep track. But you don't really keep track of like per battle. It's just you check in the main. You're like, oh, I have enough for this now. But are you doing that a lot though? Because like in Horizon Forbidden West, sometimes it
1: felt like every single like three steps I took, I was like, oh, I have to do this one thing because I just unlocked
0: three different new things. Mm, uh, in the beginning, kind of. Because uh, there's just, like the whole like menu item card things where it's like it's gonna block you from doing anything <laughs> until you, you do follow this. the item card oh, instruction. I, I honestly hate that. It's so annoying. Yeah, but I mean, as soon as you get through them, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. The the one thing that I do have like grip with, and the same thing I had to gripe with with 2018. <laughs> yeah. Is the uh, the armor options? Sure. So, yes. Lots of armor options. Too many. <laughs> To where? Well, I want to hoard my resources for all the good armor. Yes, but, you, but I need the good armor to get to all the good sources. Yeah, th- that kind
1: of stuff always bugs me because I'm also that kind of person where I'm like, well, no. Like with Forbidden West again, I keep bringing it up because Sony first the first party games seem yes. to all be going in the same direction. <laughs> yeah, which not a bad is thing. which is super customizable, but way too much stuff to do. Anyway, um, and yeah, in that game, it was very much like, well, no, I'm don't want to waste these one-use items on this blue armor because I
0: know I'm going to get purple armor later. Yes. I'm going to save it for that. But the game clearly doesn't want you to do that. So what this game does instead is that a lot of the, like, it gives you the option of the green armor first. Yeah. Like, the generic armor, just buy silver. Or gold, hack silver. Um, but uh, the mini-games, or not the mini-games, the side quests give you items that purposely go to one specific armor. Okay. And I really, really like that. If you complete smart. the yeah. side quest, it'll give you an item that you have to use for this. You that can't specific use it thing. for anything else. That's smart. And it pretty much tells you that, like, oh, after you've collected done all the side quests and collected everything for it, it's like, yeah, if you use it here, you'll use all of this resource. But guess what? That's because it's on purpose. Yeah. You're going to use it here. You can't literally use it anywhere else. Nothing else can be used to buy it. And I really, really like that. Okay, so that's a step That's a step forward, I guess, yeah. in that. But still, a lot. Yeah, because that's one thing that I noticed in when I was doing my New Game Plus for 2018. Yeah. Is that I was collecting all these um, like perfect skags, perfect skag plates, but when I went to the armor shop, I was like, yeah, I can get that, but I know there's going to be more stuff in, in the future. Yeah. Like, the further I get into the game. So I don't want to spend all of it now. Let me go see what the actual like best armor is. Okay. But here, because, like, I know that I can only use it here for this one specific armor, I can buy it and then upgrade it. Even though I know, like, down the line I'm going to spend it elsewhere or get better armor elsewhere, I'll do that for those side quests. But I know that I need to get it upgraded now mm-hmm. in order to get to that place.
1: Okay.
0: And you said, so, you're about a fourth in? Yeah. So, how long do you think this is going to be? Like, like I saw some 40, hour 40 games. hours. 40 hours. Uh, basically... I know I have to go to all nine realms. Yeah. I've only gone to uh, a third of them. Okay. Let's see. One, two. I'm going into... Uh, three, two and a half, three. I'm going into my fourth, third one. Okay. Like third official one with Kratos. Um, That's a little, like, <laughs> caveat. Yes. because There are
1: some spoilers that we probably don't want to go into yet. Yes. Because this game is kind of new. Um,
0: but yes, my understanding yes. is that there are yes, as some Kratos, multiple
1: character things happening.
0: Yes, which is weirdly done because, it, like I said, it a one take, yeah, it isn't one shot. So when you have to move the camera angle around to the new character's <laughs> perspective, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's it's good direction.
1: So so I know you're not that far in it, but how so far? How does this compare with the first one? I mean, obviously, the for one of the things about that game was it was novel. And so a lot of that was, I think, what led to the critical acclaim was that because it was so different and so new. um, This is kind of retreading a lot of that ground. How does it compare to playing that first game?
0: Uh, It's different enough to where the first game tells a more personal story and this one has a grander feel to it. Yeah. Especially since you will be going to all nine realms. Right. You will be essentially talking to everyone and recruiting people to your cause.
1: And I feel like just having it not just be Kratos' story is already doing that. Yes. It's already making you feel like it's more of an ensemble piece. Yes.
0: And there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel? Yes. (laughs) There's a squirrel? A squirrel? Do you play the squirrel? Oh, I'm not going to spoil that. (laughs) But there's a squirrel, which when it came on screen, I was like, hmm. I bet that's voice uh, by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> was it? Uh, technically, yeah. no, but it's <laughs> close enough. No. To where I was like, man, eh, might as
1: well be. <laughs> might as well be. We'll get to another uh, a surprise Patton Oswalt later in the show. Yes. Uh, but for now, yes. Uh, so, anything else you want to talk about with God War Ragnarok? I mean, you will probably return to this. You will be still playing this for the next few weeks, so you will probably have more
0: to say soon. Few weeks? Well, yes. <laughs> um, I'm. Well, I'm going to complete it and then see if they have a new game plus at the end of it okay uh because last cause 2018 there wasn't they had to patch it in after. right they did that later you're right yeah so i'm not sure if there's a new game plus here yet i don't know but i will find that out i okay. will try and get to the end and i will bring uh thimble winter to an end <laughs> and force ragnarok upon us well great awesome also, that's what we need right now so is... do we want to talk about the collector's edition yeah you spent too much money probably yeah <laughs> yeah i probably did probably was it worth it? I mean, it, it's worth it for just the game? No. It's just <laughs> everything else that came with it. Sure. Saw a, yeah. cloth, a cloth map in there. Yeah, we got some maps, we got some dice, you got some figurines. Stuff you're going to touch. What do you mean by we're going to touch? <laughs> I, I have the one from 2010. Right. I have a collection edition from that. All right. All this All is a box right. of treasure trove. That's three, that would have been yeah, three, yeah. yeah. Three. Well, there you go. Yeah. The collector has collected. Anyway, all right, let's move on. The collector has collected through a non pre order. <laughs> sneaky, happened, very sneaky. Happen to find you, know the right people, talk well, to the right people well, there to you get go. it. Always do. Yep. All
1: right, I might need you on uh, if I wake up on Monday and I don't have an email. <laughs> email we might need to pull some things. All right, all right let's uh, move on. So that's gotta wear Ragnarok. We'll talk about that more as the year goes on, yep. and we'll probably return to it. At the end of the year. Yes, we will. But for now, let's move on to the second half of the show. We start with television, and we start television, as always, with the sports corner. I'm not pointing at God of War. I'm pointing at sports. Right above it. We only have a couple little bits in sports. Uh, We should mention, though... Wait. Yeah. Did we... Did we cover it last week? Did we cover... The, the World we'll, Series last week? Or did I have that, that? No, it ended on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday okay. So, no, we did so, not talk about all this. All right, I'll uh, put that in here, then. It's important to note, yes. Yes. Uh, baseball season's over. Uh, your World Series winner was, unfortunately, the Houston Trash Tros. They did not allow the Phillies to lead to a Game 7. They took Game 6 and won their second World Series in the last six seasons. Yep snore yeah um, sad for the
0: phillies i wish until that just... it comes out that they
1: were cheating again well yeah just wait but yeah the, it was sad i really like the tag bunch of idiots in the phillies and i wanted them to win really badly but the astros just had the better team ultimately and proved it uh, and yeah, i mean say what you will about that but yeah uh, they just played more consistent baseball is what you have to say i guess and won the series so here's to next season I'm already on next season. <laughs> yeah, well, let's move on. Let's think about next season. Deals are already being made. Um, we have a few uh, free agencies that are surprises. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows where some of these big stars will go? Aaron Judge-Watch is on. Yep. Clayton Kershaw-Watch is on. So we'll see where these guys' uh, big They will be courted everywhere. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, in the meantime, other sports happened. Uh, wrap up the NASCAR championship we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Joey Logano won and took his second title. Yep, uh,
0: joined a select few who have won multiple NASCAR championships. And unfortunately, that meant no watermelons were smashed. No, but he got close. Uh, He ended the race in third place. Close. uh, But just couldn't catch him.
1: Next up, uh, the only news you have here in football is about something we already talked about briefly, which is their first games in Germany will happen this weekend as part of an international reach out yep. program that they started NFL in london is in
0: munich this weekend yes and tom brady will yes look to be the only player to win in four different countries a <laughs> football player
1: yeah I'm sorry american football player yes it's key that it is key uh so yeah uh, interesting i guess enough uh but again these things just always feel like stunts to me they
0: never feel like they matter well, obviously. Yeah. It's mean, such a weird idea. Especially when you have the six and three Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess like the three and five. It's not even going to be a good game. <laughs> it might not be a good I don't know. Somebody's <laughs> on the men now.
1: Yeah. He's divorced. Also He's free. Also, it's like bright and early in the morning. It's like 9 a.m.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you want to wake up and watch football tomorrow. No, it's, not, no, it's like 6 a.m. Oof. Uh, yeah. Eesh. It's even worse. Anyway. Bright and early football, well, like six a.m. like Pacific time, like yeah. eight o'clock. Brutal, Eastern probably. Anyway, anything else in sports before we move on here? Uh, no, basketballs are basketballing. Yep. Hockey's are icing. Yep, you know, you know. The uh, college football is coming to a close shortly. Yeah. Championship games will be played next week, I believe. Um, leading into the selection committee over Thanksgiving weekend, and then Heisman is in December. All right. So, so Heisman Watch.
1: Look forward to that. Let's move on into television news then, and our first story is about, uh, well, someone who was in the news in March for um, the Oscar ceremony, you could say. Uh, Chris Rock. Well, Netflix is taking advantage of his recent, uh, like, extra fame, and is also utilizing its move into live streaming technology with Chris Rock becoming the first person to test that out. Rock will perform live in a global streaming event in 2023. 2023. 2023. (laughs) 2023. (laughs) Twice. Rock has been out on his ego death tour over the last few months, and during a show in London promised that he would discuss more about his Oscars experience on Netflix. Robbie Prah, Netflix VP of stand-up and comedy formats—that's a rule— said, we're thrilled the entire world will be able to experience a live Chris Rock comedy event and be part of Netflix history, end quote. Or no, not end quote. This will be an unforgettable moment, and we're so honored that Chris is ter- carrying this torch now, end quote. Sure, yeah, why not take advantage of Chris Rock he's Hot? And yeah, this is a neat idea. I mean, it took, I'm actually surprised it took, it took so long, long, to long for Netflix to do something a live. A live event, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's like the technology is there. They it's could have done this at the same time. It's always probably it's been, always there. been there.
0: Well, I mean, not always.
1: Netflix does go back pretty far. Yes, Netflix uh, goes
0: back to the... Like
1: Twitch.tv <laughs> did not was, was not the Twitch that we know of in 2010, for example. It's a very different thing. Yeah. Shout out to Justin.tv.
0: The OGs uh, remember that. <laughs> yeah, Netflix uh, getting into the live streaming now. Yeah. Um, this is, of course, in addition to them getting into the <laughs> Gaming industry now. Yeah, yeah. You could see something to, like that. Like, the uh, environment, was it? Yeah. Live something. interaction.
1: Honestly, this is just, you know what this is leading to. TV. No, you, no specifically, you know what, what this is leading to. The, the, the next season, the, Oscars. the next season of The Circle. Uh, live, live, like live. they do Big Brother. Big Brother live, you think? Yeah, because th- that's how B- CBS always has done Big Brother, is that they'll do certain episodes live. Like live reveals and stuff like that. Well, is not that Big Brother after dark? And
0: that's realize. the thing is, you
1: could go onto the website and see just the, the cameras, and they're just always running. See? Yeah. Zab, yeah, Netflix should do that with this, the next season of The Circle. Just always let us running? watch The Circle live. <laughs> why not? Why not? There's no reason why not. <laughs> uh, server processing power, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um. So yeah, interesting that they're experimenting
0: with live te- uh, live television here. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean the first step is do a comedy special. Yeah, although I don't, don't know why they didn't just do it for their like comedy on tour, like yeah, that they could is have funniest. done this. Yeah, so.
1: they're waiting for a name big enough, I guess, to be the first to do it. And they mm,
0: got one—a name that wasn't Dave Chappelle. Yeah,
1: I guess so. <laughs> yeah, maybe they wanted to reel that in a little bit. I wouldn't blame them. Speaking of things that happened at the Oscars, Jimmy Kimmel is back as the host of the 95th Oscars, upcoming in 2023, marking the late-night star's third time fronting the ceremony, which he did last five years ago. He previously led the 2017 and 2018 telecasts, the former of which produced the famous La La Land-Moonlight Best Picture mix-up. There is no official word on who might have also been approached for the Oscars gig, Hey, speaking of Chris Rock, unconfirmed rumors had circulated that the producers asked him first. Uh, But members will vote for this year's slate of films from January 12th to 17th, with the official nominations announced on January 24th. The Oscars will be held on Sunday, March 12th, day after my birthday, 2023, at the Dolby Theater. So there you go. Um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's back. Interesting timing, considering everybody was kind of mad at Jimmy Kimmel for doing that bit. Uh, while Quinta Brunson uh, accepted her Emmy. Yeah. But, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah.
0: He got his name out there. He got his name <laughs> out there,
1: I guess. This is ABC, because, of course, it is. ABC has that deal
0: with yes. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, they, we signed so. Jimmy Kimmel for another five years. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: not going anywhere.
0: Yep. Uh, so that's, that's that.
1: All right. Those are uh, Chris Rock bits, I guess. Uh, moving on to television thoughts. You have some thoughts. Hey, it's that time of year again.
0: Uh yeah hey it's that time of year again where uh, football season is in the middle yeah of doing what they did last year right which is following the season uh, following a team mid season right this time it's hard knocks with the Arizona Cardinals yes the hardest of knocks yes who um are not yeah. in first place um they they're struggling to make the playoffs they're in contention but they got some people back yeah and yeah it's more hard knocks. Hard Maybe they'll go further than the Colts did. Speaking <laughs> of the Colts, I don't have that in the news, but they hired a coach that uh, has ever coached in the NFL. Great. Awesome. That's a recipe for success. Yep, they brought in Mr. Saturday. Hey. So, well, I knew it. Uh, but yeah, Hard Knocks with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, It's on HBO Max. I think it's on H. No, it's not on HBO. It's on HBO Max. Right. If you want to watch more in football with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, where you can watch them on Sunday and then watch them on Tuesday. But they're Sierra Leone Cardinals, and we are Rams fans here, so we're like, boo you. <laughs> Go lose some games. Well, <laughs> thankfully, that's not the only thing you watch, though. No, it's not the only thing I watch. Speaking of Netflix reality tel- television. Yes. Uh, they have a new thing out. I think it's part of their like expanding games concept uh, called Triviaverse. Triviaverse. Yes, where you uh, answer as many questions as you can in a minute. The whole thing takes about five minutes, uh, three rounds, minute between uh, 30 seconds, like, interstitials. Uh, and it's random trivia. Okay. This is different from that trivia crack thing they did it's, earlier it's this year, It's different right? from trivia crack. Okay. Yes. I <laughs> had for a moment be like, wait a minute, deja vu. No, this is uh, random trivia. Um, that may or may not give you four options, okay. Uh, sometimes it's either like this or that, true or false, or multiple choice. Uh, it's fine. I think this is also expanded to more like their game section of trying to get people to like climb the leaderboard, play this multiple times. It's only five minutes playing with multiple people. There is a two player option for this, yeah, okay uh it's fine it's not making me want to go back it's also not uh maybe something more akin to maybe using it on my phone than actually watching it on my screen <laughs> which i
1: imagine they probably thought that that was where most people would interact with this yeah i did it.
0: yeah i didn't right but yeah <laughs> it's a phone thing. i wouldn't either who has netflix on their phone yeah weird people that's it no Probably a lot of people. I'm watching actually. Netflix on the go? We're just old and I we can't... just wanna
1: watch Netflix we just wanna watch TV on a TV. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> Netflix and Chill like in my
0: car. I mean you could. You're a little cramped in there. Yeah. But Netflix and Chill in the park? Uh, don't do it in public. No. I wouldn't recommend it. Exactly. That's why you do it in the safety of your home. Yeah. You can verse on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where it's safe. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. What else did you want? The other thing on Netflix that I'm watching Finally wrapped up, Love is Lying, season three. Uh Did it get any better? Uh, For who? (laughs) That is an excellent question. I don't know. (laughs) Some people got married. Okay. Some people said yes. All right. Some people should have said yes. Okay. Some people should have said no, just like that Taylor Swift song. Yeah, some people people definitely (laughs) said no, and some people should have (laughs) definitely said no before they ever got to the altar. Oh, boy. Uh, there's some huge drama that blew up um, following some uh, one of the couples, especially on the way that it ended in the wedding episode, and the way that they were attacking or one person was attacking in the reunion. And I say that very one sided because it was very one sided <laughs> what Netflix uh, showed. Got it. Uh, I mean, you can watch it. You can go online, look at the forums, look at the (laughs) of excess interviews that have been done since to get more information. But, yeah. Drama. Soupy drama. Toxic drama for drama's sake. Will you still be watching this
1: when season the inevitable season four happens, or are you done?
0: Oh, I'll be watching it when (laughs) the um, after the altar Uh. episodes come out and be like, ooh, let's see if they actually made it. Because I bet they didn't. I don't know how you do it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh, it's because there's no actual drama in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah, I guess if, you, if you're lacking, then you can go get some. <laughs> uh, oh, no, there's just too much drama. No <laughs> anyway. Oh, moment. Anyway. Anyway. And last, but definitely not least. Yes. Uh, last, but definitely not least, today is November 12th. It is. Which means today celebrates Disney. Plus's official third birthday.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's been three years. Since three Plus, years of Disney Plus. Uh, unveiled. And I only know this because I finally got charged for Disney Plus. So you had the three-year deal, right? Yes. Wow, it's finally happened. <laughs> no, it, fi- it finally hurts. Because yeah. I paid $60 or $70 for those three years. Right, and now and it's now, like $90. <laughs> no, and now it's $70 for one uh, year. Ugh. Ouch. 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 Anyways, uh, part of this, um, they have uh, new shorts out um, for Zootopia, called Zootopia Plus. Yes. Um, it's six shorts uh, detailing the lives of different animals uh, within Zootopia. Right. Uh, but there's a caveat to this. I feel yeah. like like when they assign this to the uh, the animators, is like, you can do whatever you want in Zootopia, yeah. but it has to have these two things. Uh-huh. One it has to reference something specific uh-huh. uh, currently on TV. Okay, and two, <laughs> it has to connect to the uh, Zootopia film, right? Either in an actual like, and like an actual clip of Zootopia has to be not only referenced but shown and connected to yeah.
1: the shorts. So these are happening. These are stories that are happening concurrently with the events of the film. Yes. I think, so I have a theory about why they did it this way, and I don't know if you're going to agree Go with this theory. My theory about why they had to do it this way was because you would think, oh, well, the obvious thing to do with Zootopia is to feature the starring roles of Zootopia, the, the lead characters, the two lead characters. But here's why you don't do that in 2022, because Zootopia was a cop movie. Zootopia was about the police. Yes. That doesn't really apply as well as it did upon Zootopia's original release as it does now. And I think Disney knows that. And so what Disney said, they probably said, it's "like, well, what do we do with Zootopia that's not about the cops? It's about everything else. It's about the animals living <laughs> yeah. in so Zootopia. What are the stories about these other characters who are definitely not cops <laughs> that are happening at the same time as the story about cops is happening in the background. I think it's smart. I think it's good that they did it that way. Also, I think it's more interesting, because I didn't really, I think that that part of Zootopia was not the interesting part about Zootopia. What is the one thing that people remember about Zootopia? The DMV. Mm -hmm. Because it was fun, it was inventive, and it was hilarious. And so, why not delve into the side characters? So, is this
0: fun? Is this good? Uh, Some of them were fun. Some of them were cringy, and some of them were like, uh, (laughs) you didn't really need to go that hard to it. Sure. Uh, But some of them were fun. Um, the, it's the forcing it to occur while like, right shoehorning it into the story within that. the same not just the same like setting the exact same timeline right. and time frame yeah. that the film takes in it's like here's this little side story that you can see connect here because we're showing you actual footage from the movie <laughs> it's like is that super necessary I guess yeah. is the question yeah yeah it, well, it's fine, there's only five of them, or okay. six of them. They're all very short, like under ten minutes. Okay, yeah, I might check this out. I might check it out. Uh, Chrissy, not a fan, apparently, of that
1: first movie. Okay. So, she's not interested. But yeah, I, I like that movie enough uh,
0: when that came out. So, yeah, I might check this out. Yeah. Uh, it also, I mean, it also like, parodies a bunch of entertainment like tropes, TV tropes, movie tropes, so... It's worth checking out. Like, ha! That's how they would do it in like an animal like Zootopia world. So it's fine, cool. It's All right. fine. It, exists. it exists. It exists. That's it for
1: television then. Um, Did should, you watch anything? Uh, nothing new. TV wise, uh, pretty much just been Jeopardy Tournament of Champions this last week mm-hmm. week and a half here, yep. just watching the upsets happen in real time. <laughs> Jeez, we had two in a row this week we were like wow these people who really favored these super champs just getting eliminated spoiler alert i guess we have caught up they're they coming for them we have our finals though and so starting on monday uh three game three final games. will yep. occur uh between the last the remaining three and yeah i'm kind of shocked the, who we ended up with is the way i'll put it anyway uh but that's a that's all i've been watching So, that means we can move on to cancellations and renewals. All right, what am I no longer watching? We start at the top here on Netflix with Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Uh, Which, of course, is a follow-up to the Dahmer stuff they've already put out. It's
0: uh, Basically, they're adding two more seasons to this anthology about Jeffrey Dahmer. So, I'm sure if it's going to be about Jeffrey Dahmer, but but, um, they're going to add two more seasons. It's probably a name change to call whoever, monster, yeah, monster call whoever in, this is, yeah, whoever this is. So is that just Dahmer, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer story? But it did really
1: well for him, so of course they're renewing this. Yeah. The Watcher, no, not The Witcher, but The Watcher will get a second season on Netflix. I'll ask this again. Who watches The Watcher? <laughs> not <laughs> us is the answer to that question. Not the Media Book podcast. Next up, Carnival Row uh, will get its ending after a second season. Second season will be its last on Prime Video. Mm -hmm. A Million Little Things will finally end after
0: five seasons on ABC. Wait, A Million Little Lies? Yeah, your favorite show to misname. Are they finally going to, like, tell everyone the truth now? Maybe not. Like they should have from episode one? Hey, maybe. (laughs) You just have to tune in to find out. The Empress
1: will get a second season on Netflix. Bad Sisters will get a second season on Apple TV+. The Imperfects on Netflix canceled after one season. Partner Track. On Netflix, cancelled after one season. This fool, hey. um, (laughs) We'll get a second season on Hulu. And then, unfortunately, we do have to go into death. Some rough ones this week. Man. First up, David Davis. Good name. Age 86, was a TV writer slash producer. Worked on The Bob Newhart Show, Taxi, and Rhoda. Won an Emmy back in 1979. Next up. Leslie Phillips, age 98, actor, was in Carry On, Harry Potter, and the Philosopher's Stone. You're using the British
0: name here. Oh, it says the British actor. Sure, okay. And Gex? Like the video game? Yes. Which Gex? The voice of Gex. I thought Dana Gould was the voice uh, of Gex. sorry. De- the voice of Gex, of Gex in the <laughs> UK version.
1: Oh, UK, de- UK Gex. Yes. I did also, not know that there were different... Different, different guests, yes, different voices. did different gexes. I thought Dana Gould just did gex everywhere.
0: Uh, no, wow, fun, fun fact, yeah. Uh, also, not shown in so he's pretty much a voice actor now, okay. But yeah, not shown in Harry Potter, he was the voice oh. of the sorting hat. Oh, okay, you should have led with
1: that because I feel like most people wouldn't know. No, that, most people that. wouldn't know.
0: Well,
1: and you now know you know what know. I mean, they would recognize that role, yes. Well, all right, but age in '98, long life, mm. honestly. Um. Then the weird ones One of these I actually did not know until just now uh, But we'll get there Well yeah, because it happened this morning Oh, did it? Okay Yes. Uh, first up, though, real sad one Aaron Carter, age 34 Singer, of course Known for singles back in the 2000s Crush on You, Aaron's Party uh, Parentheses, come and get it Leave it up to me And that's how no, I'd be, be Shaq, Shaq. Yes. Uh, Which I'm surprised you don't have here Well we were going to bring it up (laughs) anyway. A Radio Disney staple, um, brother, of course, of Nick Carter, of the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, had kind of a tragic last decade of his life, kind of was up and down. There was some drug use. There was some, yeah, just uh, not looking super presentable when appearing for the press. Though in the last year seemed to have made a little bit of recovery. I uh, saw some interview from last year where it seemed like he was doing okay and things were looking up for him. However, uh, we don't know necessarily what the cause of death was. We know that he was found in a tub, uh, unconscious, in his home. But that's all we know. Um, so, kind of some mystery still around Aaron Carter's death. But still, tragic. And uh, tragically young, I think, is the, is the thing there. Next up, Gallagher. I guess this is the one that happened this morning. Yes. In 76, a comedian known for, specifically in uh, 70s and 80s pop culture, known for smashing watermelons on stage, I think above all. He was a prop comic. Mm-hmm. He made use of a lot of props in his act. Uh, kind of our predecessor to Carrot Top in a lot of ways yep. And <laughs> his, his act. Uh, yeah, a pop culture staple for a while there. There were a lot of jokes in the early 90s making fun of Gallagher because of a bunch of Gen Xers who just thought Gallagher was a weird-ass dude. Uh, most recently, uh, well... We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I'll minch, we'll we'll mention Gallagher again later. Yes, yes we will. And then lastly, and probably most sad for the millennials, um, Kevin Conroy, age 66, uh, actor and voice actor, mostly known for being the voice of Batman in the Batman the Animated Series. As well as the Arkham games. Yes, as well as a lot of the video games from that era and beyond. Um, was a lot of people's Batman. A lot of people know Batman as Kevin Conroy's voice. Mm-hmm. A lot of people felt like his version of Batman was the definitive version of that character, beyond even live action Batman. Um, also, in other things such as Search for Tomorrow and O'Hara, uh, will be definitely mostly remembered though for that Batman role and just like was a staple of voice
0: acting for so many years. When Kevin Conroy was going to announce to do the Batman, voice Batman for the Arkham games. Yeah then mark hamill signed on to yes. the voice of the joker
1: yes they were often a package story. deal
0: because they loved
1: working with each other yes and their styles complemented each other
0: for all those years
1: they worked together on the animated series yeah uh animated series uh if you have not seen it still holds up the it's whole thing is on hbo, HBO max, max if you want to watch it in remastered 4k uh i don't have a whole lot of experience with it because as a kid i was not into action shows I was like, "This isn't funny." I'm not watching it. That was the kid I was. It's not <laughs> meant to be funny. I know that's the thing. So I didn't know. So I didn't watch it. I didn't care about it. But everybody who did uh, has very fond memories of that show. Yes. So, so yes. Um, definitive Batman voice, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Con Conroy definitely will be missed, and definitely one of the saddest ones this year. Let's move on. On that note, to movies, and we'll start the movie section. With the weekend box office numbers. The weekend box numbers are even sadder than that. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Black Adam, somehow, is still your number one movie. It looks like everybody is just in a holding pattern until Wakanda Forever this week. Yep. Uh, $18 million this week. That's $137 million domestic. Still not bad for 2022, but we'll probably end up in the middle of the pack when we're talking about big performers at the end of the year. Number two, One Piece Film, colon, Red. Continues the tradition this year of anime movies doing okay at the box office. $9.3 million debut.
0: Yep, and Luffy gets one step closer to finding the One Piece. Sure, whatever the hell that means.
1: (laughs) Ticket to Paradise
0: is your third movie with $8.5 million
1: debut. No, not debut. Continuing, $46 million domestic so far. It's also on digital already. So if you don't want to see it in a theater, you can now rent it at home. Yes. Number four, Smile. $3.9 3.9 million dollars, adding to eight, even 99 so far. That will break 100 next week, maybe. Uh, is anyone going to see it? Maybe. I don't, a, I don't know. If it's not Wakanda Forever, probably not. Uh, <laughs> and rounding out your top five, Pray for the Devil, 3.8 million dollars, adding to a 13 million dollar total. Like I said, this week big release is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. But this coming up Friday, we have She Said, which I've seen bus stop ads for.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which I'm not sure what that is about. Oh, that's the he said, she said. I think it's. More is that the timeout girl? The, the, yeah, the, right. Uh, not time timeout. Time's up. Time's up. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But different than Bombshell. Right.
1: Different. No, that's a separate thing. Yes. And then 13 Lives. Is that about a cat who lives a little longer than it should?
0: Uh, <laughs> what we'll 13
1: Cat who uh, got a bunch of one ups on the last level, I guess. What is 13 Lives? Let's see. Uh, Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell. and Diggle
0: Mortensen apparently are in this. And Joel Edgerton. Yes. Oh, rescue mission. Oh, it's the Thailand one. Oh, right. Yes, that's fun. Okay. Yes, the, the Thailand rescue mission.
1: Yes, yes. Based you on your story.
0: Yes, where someone's going to play Elon Musk, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, let's right. move on. Uh, out
1: of that, we are not talking about Twitter. <laughs> we do not have time to get into the Twitter <laughs> drama. I refuse to step into that. We are not an internet podcast. Not even for eight dollars. Not even for eight dollars. Let's move on. Uh, just one. I guess what, I'll say, what I will say about that is R.I.P. Twitter. Potentially, maybe next week we won't even have it anymore. And at the end of our show, we'll see. Let's uh, move on to movie news. We have a little couple bits here. We'll cross over the video game section. Yes. Gears of War, one of the biggest Xbox franchises, is heading to Netflix. The announcement comes after long months of negotiations in a competitive environment, with Netflix nabbing the media rights and partnering with Gears of War developer The Coalition. Netflix has grand ambitions for the title, and a plan that includes first adapting the video game saga into a live-action feature, followed by an adult-oriented animated series. If everything turns off roses, more stories would follow. No filmmakers or producers are attached to the projects, with the video game franchise getting a fresh start. After several big studio attempts at adaptations since way back when the series debuted
0: in two thousand seven, uh, debuted two thousand six, right. and then two thousand seven. Trying to get as I'll say, time that like Halo three came out. And yeah, they're trying to get a Halo series up off the ground. And look at that, thirteen years later now. Yeah. Uh,
1: so years later, my first question, of course, who do you cast as live action Gears of War guy, and why is it not Dave Bautista? It's Kevin Hart.
0: <laughs> oh, Kevin Hart? Yeah. What? Yes, yeah, so you cast Kevin Hart.
1: <laughs> no. Because if Kevin Batista. Hart
0: it's Batista. be in Borderlands,
1: no. Kevin Hart can be in no. Gears of War. It's Batista, and everybody knows that I'm right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's obvious Obvious casting. Uh, as forever. Yeah, Kevin Hart can be the other guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's
0: either that, or you get uh, John Cena. Yeah, uh, I could see...
1: Actually, just get all three of them. Just go them. There's your cast. Yeah. There's your cast, because... They both—I forget the names. That's why I'm not saying names because I—it's been a long Marcus ass time Phoenix. since. I... Yes, Marcus Phoenix is the lead guy. I forget the two friends. Duncan. Duncan doesn't sound right. There's a guy. There's the guy who's like the former football player, and there's the guy who has the the spiked uh, the spiked uh, blonde. Uh, what do you call that? The, the...
0: Marcus Phoenix is the only one we care about. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> He's the only one you care about is the John DiMaggio character. Yeah. Also. Do you get John DiMaggio for the series here? <laughs> do they pay John DiMaggio money to get John DiMaggio in the series? I mean, do they pay
0: him, like, bender money to get him in the That's series? That's what I'm saying. It seems like his price went up. <laughs> yeah. But no, he had to, like, physically, like, act it. Or, no, I'm saying in the animated live-action movie. animated thing that,
1: or sorry, the animated thing that follows the live-action. Oh. You, get, you should get John you DiMaggio. You should, yeah. You don't. And, uh, and uh, lastly, I'll ask, and this is for people who played the first game as much as I did. Will you have somebody say, look at all that juice? (laughs) You have to. You have to. It's key. Yeah, I played those original three games um, pretty a lot, and I really enjoyed Gears of War. Uh, Four and five kind of lost me. I bought four, played it for a hot second, and dropped off of it really quickly. And then five was on Game Pass, played like a couple hours, and again, dropped off
0: of it. It just it doesn't hit the same as it used to. This is where we need Shane and Chris to come in yeah, here and, and, gush, <laughs> and gush all Gear over gears. Expert of War.
1: expert opinions here. Uh, well, anyway, uh, so yeah, I think this is, it makes sense. I could easily see a movie, uh, game, a Gears of War movie, and a Gears of War series. There's a lot of lore there. There's a lot of stuff they could delve into. Mm-hmm.
0: So interesting choice.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh Just caveat: if we've seen anything like the Halo series. someone may come in and be like i have no idea what this game is let's make up a story let's make up a story
1: it could (laughs) happen
0: but who
1: knows it depends on who they get involved here yes all right let's move on to our second story here somebody who is no stranger to the gears of war franchise i believe did some voice stuff for it snoop dogg universal has enlisted black panther and wakanda forever co-writer joe robert cole and director alan hughes who directed menace to society and dead presidents to tackle a definitive biopic of iconic rapper and entertainment mogul, Snoop Dogg. Snoop is heavily involved with the project, which will incorporate music from his past catalog, of course. The project will mark the inaugural film from Snoop's Death Row Pictures, which he runs with Sarah Reimaker. Quote, I waited a long time to put this project together because I wanted to choose the right director, the perfect writer, and the greatest movie company I could partner with, that could understand the legacy that I'm trying to portray on screen and the memory I'm trying to leave behind, said Snoop in a statement. It was the perfect marriage. It was holy matrimony, not holy macaroni. Imagine that in Snoop Dogg voice, and it's probably way funnier. <laughs> um, this is makes sense. Uh, why not? Let's do it. Let's do a biopic of uh, Snoop Dogg. It's been long enough. This is actually a perfect uh, sequel, in a way, to the... Um, Straight straight out of Compton. Compton. (laughs) It's like, what happened after
0: this? Well, here you go. Here
1: you go, Snoop Dogg, the story. Uh, Yeah, sure, why not? Who plays Snoop Dogg?
0: O'Shea Jackson (laughs) Jr.
1: Kevin Hart, no. Uh, I actually have no idea who plays Snoop Dogg here. Uh, Unlike Cube, I don't think Snoop Dogg has a son that's ready to take the role.
0: You don't think Immediately. so? Immediately. Well, they had someone who was a, like, did a cameo in.
1: Yes, who was Snoop Dogg. Dogg. Did they just get that guy? You just
0: go to get that just guy This continuity
1: yeah. between the two universes? Why yep. not? Why not do that? Uh, yeah, this is this is good. Uh, just like Gears of War, I believe Snoop Dogg. There's a lot of lore to dig into here. And yes. I
0: feel like that would be a fascinating movie to watch. You gotta start with him playing high school football at Olympic Poly. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. Let's go all the way back. Sure. Yeah. No, good idea. Um, Let's see. I mean, a lot of people like Snoop Dog. Um, Yeah. It's interesting to see where, like, the multi-lives that he has lived. Sure. And that's a perfect segue into some movie thoughts
1: we have this week. Because we watched movies. We didn't watch one movie. We watched three, somehow. Yeah. We watched the same movie. Yes. One of which is a biopic. Yes. Which is that perfect segue I was talking about. From a real biopic to... A parody biopic? It has to be a parody biopic. It's definitely a parody biopic. We're talking about Weird Colon, the Al Yankovic story, uh, which is on Roku TV streaming. Okay, yep. so I'm not really sure how it ended up here. I have a theory, uh, or at least Chrissy has a theory about why she okay. thinks it ended up there. Well, I'll get to that later when we're talking about the movie. But yeah, um, you have to kind of dig for it. But once you do, I am happy to tell you that Weird is one of the strangest and funniest movies that I've seen all year. It's it's, it's funny. But it's pretty good. It's weird. Yeah. It
0: ties in, like, what you kind of vaguely know about Weird Al Yankovic into, like, oh, like, here's some other stuff you didn't know about him as well. It's weird. I mean, I don't know how many times we're going to say weird about weird. this. Weird. It's very it's weird. It's very weird. Uh, yeah. Definitely go some places, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yeah. Madonna's probably featured in this, weirdly enough. All right, so
1: let's give <laughs> some context. So it starts out as, okay, is this just going to be a story about, like a slightly fictionalized story about the origin of Weird Al? And if you know anything about the origin of Weird Al, there is some weird stuff that kind of led to him being in the position he was. Mm-hmm. And there are there's a moment there where I was like, oh, some of this is actually true. For the first, like, 30 minutes, it does actually tell you some true things about Weird Al's origins. Yes, a door-to-door uh, uh, salesman did sell him his first accordion. That is yes. true. Two, he did record his first single in a bathroom. Yes. That's also true. And yes, Dr. Demento, radio DJ Dr. Demento, is was his mentor and was and did work closely with Al in the beginning of his, his, his career and gave him his start. And that's where the truth basically ends. <laughs> Because it takes, uh, it veers a sharp life left, right turn at some point around minute thirty, and becomes <laughs> one of the strangest things I've ever seen, while remaining a parody of biopics. Think uh, walk, uh, not walk the line. Uh, walk hard. Walk hard. Uh, think pop star. Yes. There's a lot of similarities in where it's trying to hit the beats of a musician biopic, but. While continuing to get weirder and weirder as the runtime goes,
0: it's as if someone gave someone bullet points of, like, Weird owl. like, tell someone his, <laughs> his life story to someone. Right. But that person is, like, drunk and confused, <laughs> and, and we're like, okay, I'm getting most of this. But, so, but what like, if? But what if I write this down and we punch it up? Yeah. And not just a little punch it up, but all I the mean, way. Like, As ridiculous as you think we can get. Honestly, this is the only way this could have ever happened. Because
1: Weird Al is a co-writer here. Yes. He's also, of course, producing this. He's also in it. He's also (laughs) in it in a cameo role. We'll get to, don't worry, we'll get to Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) Because we have to talk about that. But before I do that, um, yeah, like, it makes sense because what is Weird Al known for? He's known for taking a concept and blowing it up. And that's exactly what this movie is. It is the most Weird Al thing to happen. Which is saying a lot, considering this is also the man that gave us UHF, which is also (laughs) a very bizarre movie. This works almost as a sequel to UHF in a lot of ways, because it is as weird, as zany, and goes to as strange places as UHF did almost 40 years ago at this point. Has it been 40 years? It almost, it (laughs) sounds late, mid-80s? Yeah. So yeah, like, it's been a while, and yeah, it does some strange things. So now, that's when we of course need to talk about Daniel Radcliffe, who is... Putting on a showcase of his talents in this thing. He is a convincing Weird Al, which is not something I was ready to say going into this. Because you don't think, oh, he would be a good Weird Al until you see this movie. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, no, I get why you choose him. Yeah, um, Yeah, this, this, he does some bizarre stuff. He is asked to do some bizarre things in this movie, and he makes it all work. And he's charming in it, and yeah, somehow the man pulls it off. I don't get it, but he
0: does it. Uh, (laughs) Yes, Dan Gravitt can definitely act. Yeah, turns out we know that. Yeah, Um, he can play more than just like either himself or like the fake British person. Right. That um, he's been like being cast, been casted for like the last couple films. Yeah, I'm glad that he's doing. His career has turned
1: into this. Because he could have just so weird. He could just sat around doing nothing on that money, but he didn't. Oh, yeah. He has chosen to keep working, and he chooses the strangest things. And I'm glad that he does. The weirdest things. The weirdest things you yeah. could say. you you gonna say weird again. And but then, yes, the last thing I want to talk about, though, and you hinted at this, is the Madonna stuff in this movie. Yes. Do you think Madonna knows that is <laughs> one knows that this happened? Two has seen any part of this movie, or three cares? I would go three. <laughs> I don't think she cares because, yeah, there is a modicum of truth here. Yes, there is evidence, and they have said more or less, I think Weird Al specifically has said more or less, that they did work together and hang out for a period of time. That is true. Mm -hmm. That there was a period of his life where he was hanging out, to what extent is the the question, with Madonna. There is speculation that maybe they dated, maybe they slept together. Who really knows? Obviously, Madonna's never going to say anything. Because she probably doesn't want to be associated with it. All all we know for sure is that there was some sort of relationship there like whether it was friends or just a business relationship. This movie takes that and runs with it. (laughs) Madonna becomes the villain of this film essentially uh, in some really wild ways that I don't even want to spoil because it goes some places Um, (laughs) literally and figuratively. Um, And yeah, the things that they do with Madonna's character here is fascinating that they got away with it. It's the stuff that you don't usually do with a person who is still living. Yeah. Um, and and that you name specifically as that living person. It's amazing what they're doing here. And it's baffling that she ha- let this happen, honestly. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. I don't know. I'm so baffled by the amount of cameos they were able to get into this thing. Yes. So, as we mentioned before, the late Gallagher is parodied in this film yes. in a party that also features. Uh, Andy Warhol? <laughs> Andy Warhol. Conan O'Brien as Andy Warhol. Yes. Uh, Jorma Tacone of, uh, of the Lonely Island. Lonely Island as P.B. Herman of all characters. Yes. Um, there's an Elvira in the background. Uh, <laughs> like, who's there's, not in this thing? There's a Dolly in there. Yeah, Dolly. Salvador Dolly's in this. Yeah, they take advantage of, like, who's Devo. known <laughs> in some way in popular culture in the 80s? And they're in this scene. It's amazing what this movie pulls off. Uh, so yeah, I say that yes, if you can find a way to find the Roku channel on streaming, absolutely do. Because this thing is a wild, I don't know how this got made, honestly. <laughs> it's pretty low budget, though. That's the one caveat, yeah. is that when anything happens that requires special effects, they don't look great. And overall, it does feel like kind of a rinky-dink operation. But honestly, I don't think Al would have had any other way. I think it adds to the funny and the, the, the thing that I think I said after Chrissy and I watched it was they just don't make movies like this anymore. Mm-hmm. This feels like a relic. This feels like something that would have come out, and, like, content-wise, too. Like, it doesn't get obvious. I'm not meaning that in, like, oh, it's problematic way. I mean that in people don't smoke in movies anymore. People are constantly smoking in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's just stuff that happens in this movie that doesn't happen anymore. Like, it feels like something that jumped out in 1988. Honestly. It's just something, like, like the tone of it feels like a Zucker Brothers comedy from the 80s. Like, they don't make movies like this, literally. They don't. And it's cool that it is this, and it's cool that Al, Al got to make it. Well, I doubt there's going to be a sequel to it. God, no. no they, can't. <laughs> they literally can't. Also, stay through the entirety of the credits. Yes. Because you want to hear the Weird Al song recapping the events of the film. <laughs> it sounds like a joke, but it's true. Great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, but it's definitely weird, as the name implies. It is very, very weird. <laughs> anyway. anything else we
0: can say about it? I think that's a pretty much sums it up, unless you have anything else you want to mention about it. Um, the way uh, the parody songs are strewn throughout yes. the film. I loved the bit about, uh, Eat It.
1: And Edith. I don't want to spoil it, yes. so I'm just going to say, the stuff surrounding Al's writing of eat it is very funny (laughs)
0: in ways that works really well in 2022 anyway and that also curtails into al actually showing up in the film as well (laughs) yeah yes it does
1: all right but that's not the only thing we uh we watched this week uh you finally delved into it you went into the conversation you joined the conversation the conversation you have now seen olivia Wilde's don't Worry Darling. Uh, Olivia Wilde Miles, starring... Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry Darling starring Harry
0: Styles. And Florence Pooh. As Darling. Yes. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> no, no, she's Don't Worry. Uh, okay, and he's Darling? Yes, he is Darling. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Harry Styles is Darling in Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> Olivia Wilde picture. Alright, yeah. so what
0: is going on in this film? Oh, uh, a lot's going on in this film, but then a lot is also not going on in this film. <laughs> For as much as what is said on screen in Don't Worry Darling, a whole lot more is said on screen, and <laughs> yes. you have to use your imagination and kind of read through the lines of what's happening off screen as well, Okay, especially when it comes to the big twist at the end. Eh, not necessarily a twist, but more of like why everything is happening the way it is at the end. Um, it, as Olivia Wilde said, um, during the press going into it, yes, definitely takes after the Jordan Peterson, the incel movement. Sure, uh, definitely takes after inspiration and kind of, uh, not necessarily mocks it, but definitely like takes it to the extreme levels of, <laughs> um, like the getting back to the ideal nineteen fifties lifestyle, the ideal. Um, fantasy that (laughs) these men have of what they want out of a woman or they want out of their lives
1: and yeah and wild did a lot of talking about this thing because i feel like she thinks that maybe when people saw it that they misread what it was trying to say Mm -hmm. now that you've seen it do you think she was just talking because from what everybody seems to say about after they've seen it's like what's the point
0: Oh, that's kind of where I got to the end. is like, yeah. okay, like the end happens, and then, like, okay, but I want to see what happens after the end. <laughs> I want to actually see some comeuppance here. There's more to the story. Not just yeah. the escaping sure. part. Okay. I, like, I want to see, like, this is all super fucked up. Let me see the actual consequences now. And I think that's just her way of saying, well, this is still going on. So technically there are no consequences. Yeah, there's no apparently. end here
1: because it keeps happening.
0: Yeah. Because But does that make a satisfying movie? No. Was no, answer. but then again, I guess her response would be, but life is never satisfying as right. you want it to be. Do you think and she it's talks about the a movie? Yeah, but do you think that it actually pulled all of this off? Or do you think she's just talking a big game here? Um, how much of it it's a fine balance between how much of it is beating you over the head with the exact same theme uh-huh. for two like two hours or just over two hours until you finally get it. And then walking out and being like, but I already knew that. When would it? Do you think it would have worked better if she
1: hadn't done so much talking about it? And if the conversation around the film was different? Or
0: perhaps non-existent? Like if you had gone into this blind? Uh, no, not necessarily. Because um, like even through the trailers, I kind of gleaned yeah. like what I would kind of assume was going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, not a whole lot of Chris Pine in here. I do have some questions about, like, the actual technology being used in it. Of sure. keeping everyone in the area. Because, uh, like, the more you think about it, would be like, how is this actually working <laughs> in concept? Rather than just in the fantasy world that they are living in. Right. Um, so it sounds like big ideas and maybe questionable execution. Well, it's big ideas. It gets the execution across. But it like the delving into like the nitty gritty of like um why it's kinda of like the Star Wars um, port thing of like yeah. Oh you have like a whole like Death Star spaceship, but one exhaust port will blow the whole thing up? <laughs> yeah, but you didn't really think about this, did you? Yeah. But then you take like Rogue One and like you explain like, oh no, that was on purpose. See? It was yeah. on purpose. But we're never gonna get that here. So do you have do you maybe so do you think that um
1: Maybe this is just a dry run for Olivia Wilde. Do you I think, think the next so. project she works on maybe will have a better? Well, she'll have a better grip
0: on which kind of story she wants to tell. I think so because visually it was stunning. Okay. I liked it. I All liked the right. visually. I liked the cinematography in it. Right. I liked the the story aspect. The pacing was great. The yeah. different uh, direct directorial choices within it so there's skill There's some skill but it's yes. just a
1: question about there's definitely a lot of
0: stuff in there that I do yeah. like about it on a different project maybe she'll be able to do better well you always improve on what you've done yeah you, you never want to regress right so okay well we'll see I guess I like Terry Styles in it surprisingly I like Florence Pugh in it
1: yeah
0: uh, there's a lot of good elements in here it's just when you mix it all together does it actually make a good cake <laughs> delicious cake not all cake is delicious yeah, yeah. Urinal cake? Yeah. Not delicious? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good example. I don't know where you pulled urinal cake from. <laughs> Definitely the, that's that's cake the toilet. in the name. <laughs> it's the least, it's probably the least tasty cake.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Especially compared to tasty cakes, which are delicious. <laughs> yes. All right, let's move Definitely on the tasty cakes. I order a cake. Oh, I should order a cake. Yes. Let's move on from cake to Selena Gomez. Um, this is the last movie we're going to talk about today. And well, I was supposed yeah. to talk about this last week, and I... Totally dropped the ball. Uh, But yeah, this is on Apple TV+. This is, as I mentioned earlier, a uh, documentary about Selena Gomez, uh, musical artist and actor. Selena Gomez, most recently uh, talked about here on the podcast, as a star in Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, Where she she did a lot of stuff before that. Yeah, but of course, most people know her as an artist and a Disney Channel star. And this uh, documentary kind of uh, centers around... Both her, uh, a little bit about her background, but mostly on the last few years from about 2019 to current day, and her specifically her struggle with anxiety, depression, uh, and some physical ailments that led to her uh, career getting a little complicated. So, this follows in the tradition of recent uh, musical documentaries that we've seen, including Taylor Swift's Miss Americana, Mm -hmm. uh, Billie Eilish's uh, one on
0: Netflix that I forget the name of. I mean the one on Apple TV Plus? Apple TV Plus, Plus, sorry. Uh, And and, Uh, and not to be confused with the one on Disney Plus, which is the uh, the The, soundtrack.
1: Yeah, that's different. Uh,
0: So, yeah, it takes
1: some cues from those, and it does give you in a similar way kind of a intimate portrait of selena you get to see her in conversations with her team Uh, you get to see her preparing for press junkets you get to see her preparing for concerts so you get kind of like a day-to-day like image of what selena's life uh looks like but then it kind of turns when she starts having these like essentially anxiety uh induced attacks when she becomes overwhelmed by the pressures of performing the pressures of answering questions and pressers Uh, frustrations with the questions she's being asked. And what it kind of creates is she just has to stop. She has to bail. And she has to basically explain to her team and her fans that she needs to take care of herself. This stuff tells really well with the kind of narrative over the last few years in art and in sports about paying attention to mental health and not always being like having to do these things like being in press or doing a tour if you don't feel ready for it. Like Naomi Osaka, yeah. like um, like recent uh, cancel tour cancellations uh, from artists such as Selena, and so we kind of it's an interesting uh, story for now where you are seeing more of this story being told, mm-hmm. and it's a really intimate portrait of that. You get to learn a lot about Selena Gomez as a person and what she's dealing with, um, and yeah, it's fascinating in a lot of ways. It also reminds me, and I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast, uh, but the the Shania Twain thing um, from earlier this year. That was also kind of a view into Shania Twain's life and her dealing with Lyme
0: disease and how that affected her ability to perform. How is it compared to the Demi Lovato thing that came out last year? Very
1: also similar to the Demi Lovato thing. uh, Because you get a lot of parallels there where like there, except in in Selena's case, she was not abusing alcohol or drugs. The press just thought she was because Mm -hmm. she had become so secretive. And it goes into that about her having to deal with that bad press and what that meant to her image. Um, it's really interesting, and it does cut off a little bit right before kind of present day. It doesn't talk about her return to acting with Only Murders, which is an interesting kind of extra evolution of, of that story. Yeah. But, it is, uh, but it does leave her in kind of a note where she ends up kind of owning this about herself, and she ends up being invited to the White House and helps um, organize. Um, mental health uh teaching procedures for young kids and trying to like she wants to try to use her experiences and let people learn about it you also see her in a in a bit in this documentary um, visit africa and how that experience like teaching and being able to talk to young girls about their experience with their own mental health and how that affects her and she comes back and that like inviolably changes her like she from the rest of that time onward she talks about that experience as like that's what she wants to do she wants to be an icon for change she wants to tell people her story so people aren't suicidal who don't have like you know, don't do self-harm like basically take her lessons about her own dealing with her own um, mental health issues and let that help somebody live it's a really moving thing it's really well done and i think it's really well timed uh, for the current uh, the current conversation we're having about mental health in uh, in the world right now, and yeah, and it gives you an insight into Selena Gomez you might not have had. Uh, so yeah, I had a really good time with this okay. thing. It is definitely heavy, so get ready for that if you're going to watch it. Um, but but yeah, definitely uh, one of the more the one of the better examples of that kind of documentary you've seen among several in the last few years. All right, sounds yeah. good. Good stuff. Apple TV Plus for that one. Yep. And that's it for movies. And yep, I didn't watch anything else. No, that'll do that. I think next week, like said, we'll try to get some uh, Wakanda Forever thoughts. Yep. Uh, but for now, we can now move into our fan question. We have another question from our number one fan here this week. Hey there, boatsman. The one thing I get bummed out about when I listen to your guys's podcast is I have no interest in
0: sports and therefore feel left out of the conversation. Well, that's great, because this isn't a conversation, this is a lecture.
1: (laughs) It's not a lecture. I'm sorry,
0: we're just talking
1: to you about sports. (laughs) So, yeah. My question, he asks, is if you could build a fantasy football team, and I mean truly fantasy, taking from any video game or television slash movie characters, what football team would you make? Maybe then I could understand the purpose and skill set required of a real Football team. I was a big Blood Bowl player back in my day, so I really like, like me some fictional football. First question I have for a fan is Do you ever play Mutant League football by EA <laughs> on the Super NES? Uh,
0: check that out. Uh, I, think I think they also put out a backyard baseball, reviews... baseball guy. Do they reboot that? I don't think they did. But see, I think it's more like a backyard football. Sure, backyard yeah, backyard, guy. the backyard series. What happened? what
1: happened to the backyard
0: series? Yeah.
1: backyard wrestling? <laughs> Anyways, uh, backyard golf in those games? Oh, God. I think they turned to uh, <laughs> uh, Grounded. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess so. They all got shrunk. Anyway, um, this is a good question. Uh, I was telling, uh, like, um uh, like, the first thought I had was actually the cast of Gears of War. But then if you, of course, you brought up, like, no, they would just be defensive linemen.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah. They're, they're huge and they're bulky. Yeah, that's the thing, is
1: for defensive linemen in, in football, you basically want brick walls that can't be, like, moved past. You're trying to block yeah, is essentially what they're doing. So you want big guys that are wide, but also that are athletic. You don't want a big guy that's
0: slow because yes. then he can't reach
1: the do the block. That but he that's the
0: thing, though. This is building a fancy football thing. Right. So you need one quarterback, two yeah. receivers, two running backs, okay, one tight end, and one kicker. All right. So we start with. I think you get
1: any Pokemon trainer as your uh, as your quarterback because you need to be able to throw.
0: They throw pokeballs all the time. Oh, see, I was thinking the the Pokemon trainer should be the receiver, because he's gonna catch them all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Um, So for uh, for a running back, you want somebody who is fast. So obviously you get Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog is perfect running back. That's perfect.
0: Uh, Or because you have to put two slots in there. Second one goes to Tracer.
1: Oh yeah, Tracer, Tracer. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good call. You get some speed in there. All right, what about uh, – so,
1: oh, oh, yes, we don't have the quarterback then because you're right. Pokemon yes. Trainer will be your, your, your wide receiver. So who's a good quarterback? So quarterbacks, they need to be kind of like – they need to be good at thinking because they're like – they're putting the plays together in their head. They're also under pressure a lot. They need to act well under pressure and they need to throw something a long way. For me, it's Kratos.
0: Okay, all right, Kratos. Yeah. Yeah. He, he throws
1: the axe very
0: far. Do you think he has an analytical mind, though? Or do you he think he's a, just ripping He is the general on the field. All right, okay. All right. He has the mindset to put people where they need to be, to think through creative solutions, okay. to take down the other team. All right, okay. And if need be, he can go into his god raid mode and run over them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, we need a kicker. Oh, yeah, here's the kicker. You have to fight someone with a good leg. Chun Li. Yes. Chun Li is your kicker. Yes, obviously. Absolutely. Those
1: legs, those <laughs> thighs. Have you seen those thighs? This, the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do that in the ball. Yes. It goes right and through you the do upright. That,
0: you can kick the ball, like, the entire length of the field with that leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and, that's all video game characters, but you get the idea. Yes. And lastly, a tight end. I think a real, yes.
1: Ooh, who, who's the tight end? Um, Captain Falcon. Lara <laughs> <laughs> Came at that from different directions, guys. <laughs> yes. uh, anyway,
0: um, so that's video game characters. I don't know. Do we want to do this for TV? For uh, TV? I uh, no, because if I'm doing TV and film, I'm just going to get the cast of The Replacements. Because they are
1: football players. Yes,
0: or the cast of <laughs> Remember the Titans. <laughs> I think a good way, so here and
1: here's where I'm going to act like answer the other half of your question, which is, hey, you're not into sports. Like, what can you glean out of sports? Conversation. And here's something that I learned. So, if you know anything about the, like, if you've gone back in the archives, which I'm not sure how far back you've been listening. Uh, but at the beginning of the show, I didn't actually want to do a sports segment. Uh, Mike had to convince me over several years to do a sports segment as lengthy as we get into well, now. Well, it was
0: part convincing you, it was part, <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing this until you tell me no. And, and, and what ultimately I found out is that
1: sports and TV dovetail super well a lot because of stuff like the Super Bowl, that at some point I was just like, well, I guess we have to talk about some sports stuff if we're going to talk about television. Mm-hmm. And big sports finales like the Super Bowl and the World Series and and the Final Four and stuff and Mark Madness are big television events. So yeah. they are television news, whether I liked it or not. But then what happened, what I noticed, after I was kind of embroiled in sports conversation is eventually it worked and it clicked and baseball happened to me. And that's the thing that glommed onto me and now I'm a baseball fan. And I think that um, one of the things that got me there was video games, one. Yeah. I played a lot of the show. the show, and that got me into kind of understanding the mechanics of it. So that's one recommendation I have, is you actually, if you, I think the best way to learn about a sport is to play the video game version of it. Play Madden for a little bit and see if you can kind of get an idea of the rules of football. It's fairly okay at getting you an idea, however... Even in 2022, they need to be better about onboarding new people into Madden. It's a hard game to learn. That being said, um, there are sports games that do a good job of teaching you. Like, okay, here's the best ideas. Also, a lot of sports concepts uh, you can kind of extrapolate out into metaphors for other things. Like, I think a lot of people like to use the metaphor like for it's like... It's almost like war, football is. Because you have these specialized roles that are designed to do certain things to breach the other side's defenses. Hence, my God of War reference, Right, a quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, you're, like, that's why a lot of people call quarterbacks like generals. Yes. Because that's essentially what they have to do. They are not the only piece of the puzzle, but they are the piece of the puzzle that is kind of giving roles and assignments to the other people on their team, right? And so they kind of, that's the hierarchy of football. Not a lot of sports are like that, but football is unique in that way. Uh, for baseball, the thing that got me onto baseball and, like, kind of conceptualizing the rules of it was that idea of baseball is essentially, at least until the ball is leaves this format, is a battle between the pitcher and the batter. It is The pitcher is trying to outsmart the batter, and the batter is trying to outsmart the pitcher. The batter understands there's only a certain amount of things that this pitcher can do, but they don't know when and what they're specifically going to get out of that bag of tricks. Um, Meanwhile, on the other side, the pitcher knows that the batter is expecting this, certain things from him, whether it's because they watch tape, because they've seen data on what pitches that they have. But the pitcher knows knows their weaknesses, and they also know where the batter has been really good at hitting lately and what they haven't. You're talking about the shift? Exactly. Stuff like the shift thing comes into mind. Also, you know, hot zones and their batter's boxes. like, there's a lot of things happening between those two things. But that kind of back and forth kind of chess match was fascinating to me when I was introduced to it in that way. I think the, the trap that you can get into is thinking of sports as just a game. When it's way more than that. There's strategy. And when you start thinking of a strategy, it becomes almost like video game-like in the way you can think about it that's just my tip as someone who was not a sports person that has now become a sports person. Um, yeah, if you think about it in different ways and if
0: it's treated in a different context, all things can start clicking that maybe they didn't click before. Well, I think you also got on to baseball because there was no running clock on it. That's true. There too, wasn't, they weren't, tired. like, switching sides, yeah. like, every, like, what could be, like, one minute or ten minutes or, yeah. like, in like baseball and basketball and hockey, right? Like every ten seconds, where you're on offense, no, now you're on yeah. defense. No, <laughs> now you're on offense. Now, no, you're on defense. It really depends Whereas on baseball, what you're. Yeah. there is no clock. You're up You're you got to get three outs. So right. it's very easier to understand. Love. Like, I need to get this person out of the game. Yeah. Or out of the inning in order to go to the offense.
1: And yeah, honestly, I think one of the things here is that. If you're having trouble, like, really glomming on, like, getting an idea of football, maybe football is just not your sport. Yeah. Like, that's what I ultimately found out. I grew up watching a lot of football because my dad watched football every Sunday. So I knew a certain amount of rules, and I knew basically, I still know more or less how football works and what happens there. But I just don't want to watch it anymore because it kind of bores me now. Yeah. And like, we had so, football earlier. I was like, yeah. hey, check out this catch. Like, it's like, a yeah, great it's catch. It's a good catch. There's still yeah. moments that are interesting, but in general, like, it just, I found, learned this that about myself. It's like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I'm getting what other people are getting out of this, and that's fine. I don't have to. Um, so, yeah. Ultimately, just feel it out, and you, and above all, you don't have to even be a sports person if you don't want to. Yeah. And
0: there's a bunch of other sports out there, like golf. <laughs> go, go golfing. It's just between you and the ball. Yeah, it's just you and the ball. It's, it's you and the ball. Okay? ball the and, ball and is and, and the
1: ethics of having a place that uses way too much water and uh, land and and rich and people are mostly playing it. And human resources. Yeah. There's st- that's a whole other handwares p- <laughs> we can't get into here. But anyways, uh, thank you for joining us for the Media podcast. That will be it. That will wrap it up. Thank you for the question. You can always send more at mediabopodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, feedback, anything you would like to say to us, we are there. You can also catch us next week on YouTube. We'll have another live episode for you. Just go to YouTube and search Media Boat Podcast and find our channel. Like, subscribe, and click the bell for notifications when we go live. For now, you can find us on social media, on the remaining social media networks that exist. Uh, Twitter, as so of this as recording, <laughs> we are at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, as of this recording, we have a page if you search Media Boat Podcast there. And you can find us at MediaBoatPodcast.com for an archive of our older shows. And uh, yeah, you can tune in next week for another episode with thoughts about Wakanda Forever thoughts about all sorts of
0: other things maybe more tv sports thoughts thoughts. about uh so i will Wakanda forever next week we'll have pokemon next week starling violet yes next week we'll probably have andor next (laughs) week as well i'll I'll finally finish that even though it ended this week what a killer week so get ready for a big show next week more next week more of us more news more thoughts all right more next time see you guys
1: then Bye. bye